water, earth, fire, air. Welcome to Bending the Elements. A production by the Novice Elitist Podcast. With your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. podcast about all things Avatar. Well, after almost a year at this point, we arrive at the end of book one, and I'm very excited. So yeah, that is yeah, wow. (laughs) Yeah, February 28th. That's when we record our first episode. February 20th. Wow, that's something else. I can't believe that. Yeah. Man, a full-on year of this, it it didn't go the way I expected. <laughs> not at all. Oh, really? Yeah. No, just, I mean, with this channel, guys, don't worry. I'm not talking, like, real life here. Just like this. I was, maybe I'll save that for the overview, the book overview. Sure. But, uh, wow. All right. Excited to hear about it. <laughs> yeah, we got a uh, we got a long episode for the, uh, this this uh, coming your way. So, let's, uh, well, further ado, let's get into it. Uh, this episode begins where the previous episode left off. Team A is still enjoying their time with the Northern Water Tribe. Time has passed. And Katara and Aang have continued their training with Master Paku. Katara has excelled in the training, while Aang has continued to prove himself as a rather poor student. Sokka and Yue's courtship has continued to bloom, although with reservations due to her prior engagement. But trouble comes to paradise as a snowfall of soot signals the arrival of the Fire Nation assault. Admiral Zhao has come for his final attack, proudly announcing his plans to end the Water Tribe civilization. Water City prepares for the attack, and Yue ends her tryst with Sokka, declaring that she needs to focus on her duties to her people. Chief Anuk calls for volunteers to conduct a special mission to protect the city, and Sokka is the first to volunteer. The Fire Nation arrives, and a battle ensues. Aang takes on a ship single-handedly, giving some early defense from long-distance attacks, but he's no match for the incoming fire fleet. As Sokka's unit is prepared for the battle, we're introduced to the leader of his team, Han, the man Yue is betrothed to marry. The battle halts as the night arrives, and we learn that the waterbenders draw their power from the moon. And during this ceasefire, Zuko takes his chance to move out of his hidden position on Zhao's ship and pursue the Avatar on his own. Sokka and Han come to a head as they're preparing for the battle, and Sokka is thrown off the mission. Zuko manages to sneak into the city, following some turtle seals through an underwater passage. Yue gives some backstory on the spirits of the moon and the ocean, and how they gave rise to the first waterbenders, and Aang realizes that his connection as the Avatar might give him a shot to commune with those spirits and find a way to win the battle. Yue takes them to the spiritual center of the city, a patch of green land with a shrine and a small pool where two koi fish swim together in an eternal circle. Aang finds his connection and tries to enter the spirit world. Meanwhile, it's revealed that Chief Anuk didn't take Sokka off the mission because of the fighting, but because he wants Sokka to protect Yue for him. Aang manages to enter the spirit world just as Zuko arrives and demands to take him. A bending battle ensues between him and Katara. Daylight returns, 
and the tides switch in favor of the Fire Nation. Zuko kidnaps Aang, and the Fire Fleet recommences the siege as we move on into part two. Yes, but before we get there, we need to start part one. So if you've got your copy over at the, the old uh, timestamp zero there, Isaac. I do. Yeah, I guess we'll get this started. Plus play as the moon rises and becomes full. Now, there we go. Yeah, and I'm so pumped to be here. This one, when I first watched this series, there was lots of episodes that I liked during this first uh, book. But this one, yeah, just everything came together so beautifully. But I guess I'll, I guess I should hold off. But <laughs> I'm just so pumped to talk about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I mean, it's... It's it's a long way coming. Like I, I remember seeing this as a kid as well. Like watching this live, well, air quotes Damn. live. You know, several months probably after Nickelodeon already aired it. But you, what do you expect? <laughs> no, that's awesome. Maybe maybe that's I don't really know. Cool. I don't remember if it was. I don't know if YTV was showing it like at the same time Nickelodeon was showing it in the states. Still, it was uh, it was pretty cool. I'll say that. Whistler son. I was about to say that. <laughs> Try to steal it from me this time. Yeah, uh, you'll get it next time. <laughs> Yeah, and we can open up with some CGI there. Some pretty good CGI. Oh, you probably love this. This is your dream. Yeah, this this city is just so gorgeous. I love all the time we spend here. Is it enough time, though? That's the question, isn't it? Things, I mean, I remember when we did the movie, you started to complain that things moved a little bit too quickly. And rewatching this, I can definitely see what you mean. Especially once we get into the second part. Did I say, yeah, did I say, um... Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, did I did I say that for the movie or did I say that for the show? Um, I think you said it th- for the show that you thought this three parter. Just again, it's been so long since I listened to that commentary, but <laughs> I feel like you were complaining about that. Yeah, that things are moving a little bit too quick. Making a critique. I don't. I hope I wasn't coming off of uh, Doug Walker's opinions or his brother's opinions. I'm not sharing them. Um, yeah, it would it would have been nice to have seen another episode potentially like this is a we stay in here for four parts instead of three it's Mm. so funny that this is a 20 episode series well season excuse me they all are except for when we get to cora um but it actually could have used i think more it actually could have gone the traditional route oh yeah maybe two more episodes would have helped two more just if it was 22 i think it actually would have been perfect um Mm. I don't know if that extra one would have, a, would have been a dud, but like, oh man, uh, uh, again, we're, we're only speculating. I'm, I'm <laughs> this whole series so far, this whole book I've been speculating on stuff, but that's the, that's, that's our platform for Pit six. We have to speculate on what could have been, what may have not been. Uh, and I haven't done really any research in the background of season one, if they cut anything and if they wanted to like put more stuff on here, I guess, cause Kermit Brown, I'm, I'm probably, I, I, again, I don't I do my research, but I'm pretty sure some Nickelodeon shows back in the day also had like 22 or 26 episodes. So it's interesting that this one had 20, only 20 episodes, eh? Oh, I don't, yeah, I don't know enough about their uh, production to really, really comment there. No, that's fair. I'm not sure. I respect that. <laughs> only, again, only speculating there. That's funny. But to return to the episode, it's nice to see, although it, again, Maybe it would have been nice if we had an episode in between to see this develop more. But Katara's definitely excelled as a waterbender, and her and Master Paku, you know, he's got a real respect for her now. She feels like a massive 180 from the last episode, even at the end. It's like, wow, he's super turned around. <laughs> yeah, no. It's that, and that's that's why we need like a um, bleep. Uh, Tales from Bossing Say. Hmm. Mm. Uh, that would have, uh, I. 
I feel like, yeah, I feel like they were onto something in that episode uh, in the next season. Yeah, and that may be a little bit of spoilers, but I'll keep it in just as a, uh, yeah, it would have been nice if we just had, you know, one without any tension. It, it's just them kind of existing here. Yeah. I'll... Maybe expand on the UA and Sokka a bit. Oh, and yes, absolutely. Maybe and introduce Han a little bit earlier. <laughs> introduce Han, even to, like bring up the spirits, I think, a little more before the battle, perhaps. Maybe mm-hmm. even going to uh, the little, their little realm, uh, their little corner of, of the, uh, of the, of the, the city. Yeah, that, that, that could have helped. Definitely could have helped. Yeah, could have uh, maybe got some more stuff on Grand Grand uh, and more of uh, mm. Paku as well and his relationship with her other than like and, and expound on what it was from the previous episode. But, you know, that's that's not for today. And for and apparently uh, training isn't today for Aang either. He's just sitting around lazing <laughs> about. Everyone else is kind of putting their time in and he's just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to give you got to credit to all like eight of those guys. Um, they, they, you know, they, they, they tried and got schooled by a Southern water tribe person. Oh man. She, she wiped the floor with them, like cleaned house with them and they're all sea sponges. So the question is, does that mean that Aang here is a sea sponge? Uh, maybe, yeah, I guess maybe worse couch potato. Not on a couch. Uh, he's <laughs> certainly not bobbing for apples. I could say that he's just, you know, he's, you know, doing his thing with his shtick with Momo there and makes himself into a snowman. Hopefully no snow goons. That'd be scary. <laughs> we don't want snow goons attacking. No, no. Instead, he's lazing about as usual and declared. I declare you a sponge Bob because you're bobbing for snow and he called sea sponge. So you're sponge Bob. <laughs> Was he bobbing for snow? I don't know. <laughs> oh, but uh, maybe uh, maybe uh, Sokka's bobbing for affection as him and UA are having a nice little uh, a tryst, I should say. Not a, what would you call it in the summer? Trist. <laughs> Tr- well, Trist, I thought yeah. it was trust and you just spelled it wrong, but it was actually trust. Or tryst. <laughs> Yeah, attrist, attrition. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's an attrition right here. Attrition of the heart. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess that's, that's fair. That's that, that's a metal band cover. Attrition of the heart. That, absolutely. That yeah. honestly is a band, a metal song. If I ever heard of it, <laughs> it's weird. It's yeah. This is really like you could you could see an episode being here instead, like uh, mm. the early workings of an episode if it were there, but. I mean, maybe I'm wrong on that. Again, maybe if I had listened to a specific commentary, I would have known, but I didn't. So, oops. Yeah, and I do actually think we get enough with UA and, and Sokka. I don't feel like, like I don't, um, I'm not like, oh, where did their sudden kind of evolution of their relationship come from? No, agree. Like it feels like it built enough. It's just, especially once we get to Han, that's one of my biggest issues with this two-parter is I feel like he just is introduced and then erased for, yeah, like just nothing it's why even introduce him at all but we'll get to that <laughs> yeah agreed it's yeah when, when like you know she gently touches like him on the shoulder and stuff is there it's like you are you should i i don't know maybe it, she is still young so she doesn't like fully grasp the situation and her heart is uh clouding her mind her intelligence of like you must do your duty you must fulfill your duty uh you must just follow the customs of your culture um you would think you would think that she's conflicted because of what katara did uh with paku 
Uh, the fact that she stood up for herself and demanded mm-hmm. that uh, she be trained. And I feel like maybe an extra episode would have probably brought that out more. I don't, I wouldn't say UA is rebellious, but potentially I, I still see the finale. Okay. We have that extra episode there. I still see the finale being very similar, but perhaps UA is a lot more proactive potentially. And she actually does start to rebel and maybe. Uh, well, that's, maybe. it would kind of be against, I mean, they could introduce that and that might be a little bit more of a fun wrinkle. But in the end, she still, you know, serves her purpose and kind of does her duty by the community that she lives in. So it is kind of in her nature, at least as a kind of setup that she's always been someone who puts her tribe above herself and does what she has to do to, you know, serve her duty. No, that is true. Um, But we do see her conflicted. I mean, her and Sako almost kiss and she they kind of embarrassed, embarrassedly pull away, but they're still kind of pleased by it. So. You know, I mean, she's, you know, she's trying to have her, her cake and eat it too. Yes. At least at the moment. That's soccer cake. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's certainly better than that Han cake once you get to him. He's uh, definitely yeah. a little bit of an arrogant, but I can see why she doesn't like him. So <laughs> Yeah, very nip in the bud. I'll say that. He's not a, um, uh, he, he doesn't take after the uh, more famous Han. Oh, geez. I just, um, I'm on a scene where Aang is the soot snow is falling and Aang's just like rolling around <laughs> like a circle. It's like, I thought you were supposed to be training. Oh, uh, I love that scene. That's as <laughs> <laughs> we have something we did the other day uh, in the gym. Anyway, well, I'll, I'll explain later, but speaking of stuff in the gym, you know, I, I like that their friendship still exists between UA and Sokka. Um, there's, mm. they're still at least going for, for something. I let's be friends. Like we have a relationship going. It's, there's a lot of stuff that we have to cut through, but like, and it's, it's a very like, you know, awkward relationship as, as it are were, because we have more than just platonic feelings for each other. Um, so instead he's like, let's go, uh, let's go on a ride. It ain't a magic carpet ride, but let's, uh, I got something better. I got a flying sky bison that I could take you on a ride with. And as soon as, you know, she, takes him to the stable, takes her to the stable there. In comes, uh, he's like, ah, oh, yeah, we're old friends. We're old pals. It's not like I was always criticizing this, uh, this big fluffy snowball cloud creature, uh, every which way in there, the whole see or the whole book beforehand. But he come <laughs> up, uh, almost uses this as like total affection and just full, full mount Sokka. Yep. Yeah, and then it, yeah, it was during their little ride there they had their kiss that I was mentioning earlier, yep. or almost kiss. Yep. And then yeah, that's that basically was the scene that signals the arrival of the the fire fleet. It's kind of funny, yeah, the fire navy. Uh, it's kind of funny because with with Yue, she always has like this blush underneath her eyes. I'm just like, um, is she blushing? No, that's just makeup. <laughs> oh, really? I thought she was blushing. Is it really makeup? I think it is makeup. I feel like it's it's not eyeliner, but or maybe it is. Fair enough. Like actually, it might be makeup. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, but over with Zhao and Iroh. So this is a kind of disturbing turn for for Zhao. I mean, he's definitely been a pretty unpleasant dude all around. But genocide is quite the uh, and he's talking about it so proudly too. Oh, the history books will remember me as the great Admiral Zhao, the great genocider. <laughs> okay, wow. he hasn't said that yet. Uh, hey, but that's 
Oh, well, he, what, what do you mean? He's implying it, yeah. He didn't say, I don't think he outright said genocide, but I, I know what you mean. Well, he does say, I, you know, I'm planning to put an end to the water tribe civilization. I mean, what else? Okay, I actually, you know what? No, fair, fair point, because <laughs> they already genocided the airbenders, so the air nomads, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, so, yeah, pretty dark. <laughs> it uh, <laughs> Very dark. Yeah, it's, that's, yeah. <laughs> oh, but speaking of uh, Iroh and Zhao, I really do love the moment when, um, you know, Iroh's just kind of like, hey, like, you may, you know, kind of be thinking what you're thinking right now. Maybe you think it's going to bring you all this glory, but, you know, really, it's not, it's not going to be all it's cracked up to be in the history books. You're not going to remember you kindly. Yes. And he's very much speaking from experience, which is, yeah, adds a nice layer to him. Oh, my goodness. I think this episode does a lot for Iroh. Um, these, these two episodes, excuse me, these two episodes do such a good job with Iroh. I don't remember if we've talked about like no, the show itself. I don't know if it's brought up the, uh, the, well, I think, I believe it has, but the, the whole like bossing say, um, siege that failed. Yeah. I think it's been Zhao who brings it up, but yeah, it's definitely come up, but it's never been so somber because, uh, usually Iroh is so easy to just kind of toss things off with a joke or. You know, just ignore it. But this one, he's very much beaten down and kind of remembering his failures and what this could potentially, what he could be taking part of in this uh, this assault. It's not only that, but like people for, for this whole season, we've seen him be very laid back, like living vicariously, um, not through not through Zuko, excuse me, just very living carefree uh, and and very much uh, a laid back personality. And he's here. We actually see another side of him that would seem out of character but it's not that's it's mm. very fascinating to see like you know that, that that there is almost that that iroh himself could be seeing a reflection of himself in Zhao potentially of just mm-hmm. that fire nation mentality uh of we are the best we are perfect and everybody else is inferior to us yeah remembering what it was like yeah when he was that very similar way yeah with this like group think almost or this whatever you want to call it think yeah and i guess this is the first time that he's been returned to like an actual military presence all that other time he's just been kind of guiding the banished prince who's kind of off doing his own thing yeah so never uh, only as a wise mentor here he's uh the commander uh in chief almost yeah. next to the admiral so it's yeah it's scary here uh yeah. To sort of see the and, and I don't know if people were thinking what he was up to. I mean, we no because of Zuko. That's why because we we see that we, we then go to Zuko. Um, you yeah. know, just reiterating. Yes, I'm I'm ready or um, you know, get we're almost there. So it's kind of the same stuff as before. Just you know, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, no. So there's no doubt of like, uh, Iroh's not for this at all. There's no like. Oh, is he actually for? Because obviously not. Because the last episode showed us that no, he's not. So, yeah, even during those scenes, you could tell that he's very much, yeah, not, not pleased to be there. Or what they're, what they're gonna do? And I like that he's even trying to counsel uh, Zhao, even though Zhao's just been a big jerk just all the time. Yeah, he's still trying to guide him in the right way, which is another nice side to him. Most certainly, almost trying to turn him in a way of like get mm-hmm. him to not go down the same path he once went and potentially redeem him uh and, and save him from this like vicious cycle of violence uh that the fire nation is spreading yeah and we'll definitely see more of that once we get to the second part <laughs> we certainly shall but yeah over with uh Sokka and ua again 
yeah, now that things have gotten really serious and kind of she's reminded about, hey, I need to look out and protect my people. She's kind of like, I can't live in this, you know, kind of uh, little imagined relationship that I have with you. So we need to end this year. We're just kind of sad, but I'm sorry. It's 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 over this, this time. It's really over. Like really, <laughs> really, 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 really over. Heard that many, many times. <laughs> but yeah, this is when uh, Chief Arnook gives his little his little, hey, I need some volunteers for a special mission, which ends up again this little bit could have been t- cut entirely i think because this secret mission ultimately amounts to, to nothing really <laughs> um so <laughs> i see your point also what, what do you think of his line of like some of the people the faces in this uh some of the faces in this crowd are about to vanish i'm like oh boy it's a good line good line that's a good line but it, it but it really does. It was actually quite frustrating for me watching the second episode to be like, oh wait, that that's all they're dealing with, Han. Like I thought, I thought this was going to be something. What did but... you What did you hope it was going to be? Um, I didn't know what it was going to be. I I thought like there's an element of it that feels like it's going to be part of like a like an artifact plot. I need oh. you, secret group, to go and find this thing that's going to help us win the battle. Oh, I see. Yeah, I maybe that's where it's going to go. You need to go yeah. find, you know, you need to go find the Death Star plans. <laughs> oh, yes. And I thought him and Han, you know, it's like, oh, I don't believe in your all this spirit talk, all this old religion, you know. And Sokka could be like, hey, you know, you just got to trust in uh, trust in the spirits. You know, Rogue One, an so- Avatar story. <laughs> but I do wish that there was a little bit more development between Han and Sokka. I thought it would have been a good chance for Sokka to kind of mature a little bit, but, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. I'll, I'll hold off again. Many so. water tribe right. members died that day. <laughs> well, a lot of them do. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sorry. But I will say it's a nice moment that Sokka is the first one to stand up and volunteer. Oh yeah, no. And we see Yue's face and she's just like, I, why are you doing this, sir? Yeah, it's like hey, we can't see each other anymore, so it's like I have nothing to lose. And yeah, we also that we we get introduced to Han uh, for the first time. Okay, design, I guess. I'm not like it, it's a it's a good design, I guess. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. I don't know if it screams. I want to punch this guy in the face. It's people might say it. <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. I don't think he has that punch. But it's personality when we we we, we uh, get to know him up close. Uh, that that kind of turns uh turns Sokka off to him, if if that makes sense. Yeah, and the audience, and probably the writers. Oh, but before uh, yes. before we get to that, we cut to Whistler's son again. <laughs> and is standing uh, on, waiting out, waiting for the fleet to arrive, and then it suddenly cuts up to the sun, and it's like, oh, there, we, that's right from the opening. So this <laughs> moment, I feel, could have almost like been the. It, it's really, I think, is the commercial break. I, I don't think it is actually, but this is a moment that I feel maybe goes by a little quick. Uh, maybe it's for for the best, but I wish it was a little more weighted because this was th- this is a callback to episode three and several episodes prior of, you know, like you mentioned, genocide. There, there there's there's like they're coming. The, the fire navy is here to wipe them all out. And mm. this should really be hitting Aang in a way not as not 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 like giving him PTSD but certainly giving him like motivation and, and like actually taking, uh, getting, getting motivated and um, taking a stand of like, this will not happen. Like 
I'm not saying we should have had like a quick flashback slash like, you know, a, a memory to episode three where we see Gatsu's um, dead skeleton. But something like that should have, I think, like hmm. it's such a it's such a quick scene. I wish there was like more weight to it yeah. of just like this happened once before. I'm not letting this happen ever again. By the way, yeah, I just, they give him like. Oh, so, yeah, okay yeah but by the way i just thought of something horrible like how come Zhao didn't send another or the fire nation didn't send like another um navy ship down to the south pole to wipe them all out oh that's interesting well maybe it was just like they're like oh all the men are gone it's just these women and their kids like ah screw it I mean, they're no threat to us i, I mean <laughs> fair enough but it's just like if you wanted to like kick the dog even harder like could have could have that and plus uh they said there's no benders left in that village so i see so there's no chance of potentially like basically if they killed the avatar here now they have like two options like one a baby will be born immediately here or or it'll be born down south and that's barely impossible um now what are you gonna say sorry i i as we interrupted each other oh i was, I was gonna say uh they do like give him that little quiet moment of reflection when he's like alone kind of looking and waiting for them. I guess that's supposed to be him maybe reflecting on the past violence with them. And he, then he goes and fights them on his own. So I guess they're still trying to give him a little something there, but yeah, it's, it's really not much at all. There's, they definitely could develop that more. And again, maybe if we cut some of this stuff with training that little secret group, maybe we could have developed some of that stuff more instead of just kind of getting jokes with, uh, yeah, the, the Fire Nation uniform being out of date and stuff like that that really doesn't add much at all. Yeah, yeah I see your point. Um, here's... Okay, so it's funny. Uh, I don't remember, I didn't get the timestamp. Um, you know, I'm going to find it quickly. Give me a second here. I want to sure. find it. Yeah, so go to timestamp 726-0726, and we see um, you know, several of the men who volunteered uh who have the tattoos on their forehead the red paint <clears throat> probably seal blood i don't know or a animal blood uh we see uh the returning face paint that uh Sokka was wearing back in episode one oh and, or two oh, yeah. really. sorry episode two hmm. um and i kind of wish he had put that on i really we <laughs> have i we haven't seen that in a long time um and i kind of i kind of miss it <laughs> actually really do miss that face paint. It, it, it gave him like an identity. Well, let's say didn't give him, I, I just, I, I liked it on him. Yeah. It's fun. They brought that back. I didn't notice that. Yeah. It's not really, but everybody else is just wearing like a, a gator uh, and a hood. And that's pretty much it. I'm like, Oh, I wish I wanted to see more of that. Unless it's a Southern tribe thing. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's where some of those troops went. Cause they never came back. Maybe they went to the stronghold and we're like, okay, we got to kind of hold what we, what we have left. I mean, that should have also been brought up in the, yeah like to 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 Katara and Sokka of like oh wait you're from the north you're from the southern water tribe how you how you guys doing like we don't get into that I I think it probably is like a northern water tribe that I did or it's shared between both tribes I'm just like man I wish Sokka was wearing his face paint again yeah and they do mention during that training bit he's like Han you need to respect him he's our brother from uh our sister tribe the southern water tribe so yeah and do you have much to say about this this training stuff I don't really feel like there's like I said I don't feel like there's much here really I mean, I'm still like on the attack. <laughs> yeah, I know you are. <laughs> of just like, uh, well, because 
yeah, we're about to see Aang go up against a single uh, cruiser. And I think that's pretty important that he's come a long way. Maybe sort of call back to season one, or <laughs> sorry, uh, episode two, where he is in Zuko's little cruiser. And, you know, this time he's taking, he's not, I, I like the fact that he's not taking, it's, it seems very Jackie Chan, if, if that makes sense. We're just running around. I know everybody's not like animated Eric, well, not properly. I think they all are. I mean, you know who animated this, but like hmm. the, you, you can see like people waiting their cues, waiting for their marks. Um, and like, there's only three guys attacking on the first trebuchet or catapult, excuse me. Um, and there's like, I just see guys standing around. It's like, Ooh, I don't know if that's a good idea, but I really do like Aang's assault on, 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 uh, on this here cruiser. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I like the scene too. I just usually don't feel like there's much to say about action scenes, but yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. It's very dynamic. Uh, he's every, each it's funny. He never does the same. Uh, he never does the same attack twice. I like the little mini boss that like, you know, guy who throws the hammers with the chains. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. I wish, uh, it ain't, it ain't captain, uh, lightning bolt Zolt, but like senior, but still that'd be <laughs> kind of cool if it was somewhere. And I'll just like grabs him and just like, Nope, get out of here. And, uh, then we see the, like we, it ends with like the water tribe coming up and also taking, I guess, beaching it with ice. Yeah. Uh, whether any of those men survived is beyond me. Yeah. It doesn't really matter that much. So, you know, the faceless villains, but, <laughs> and then we get the, yeah, well, it's sort of, um, and then we get the shot of Aang, like seeing, uh Oh, there's the, there's the whole Navy. Yeah. And speaking of the Navy, since I'm now at 1141, once we uh, cut past those kind of training sequences, yep. Yeah. The fireballs are really kicking in and then we cut over to, uh, Admiral Sean Iroh and, yeah, now the night's starting to come, and I like that um, uh, Iroh comes to him and is like, hey, you know, as your advisor, I'd advise that it's time to halt the attack, and I like that Admiral Zhao listens to him. That was a good bit. Yeah. And showing that Zhao, even though he's a big, like, arrogant kind of doofus, he's still smart about his tactics and willing to listen to uh, someone that he doesn't necessarily respect, like Iroh. Yeah, or at least fake respect, almost, where he's, it's an act. Yeah, that's why I said, like, almost doesn't respect. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you're probably right. Like, he recognizes his history, but at the same time, he recognizes his failures in his history. So it's kind of like, ah, you know, you're, you used to be someone to pay attention to, but now you're kind of like, yeah, just an advisor. But still, I thought that was a good moment for, for both of them. And it was very prettily shot with all the kind of red coming in. Oh, yeah. I agree. I'm <laughs> sorry. Now I'm on the, uh, the little, um, this, the, uh, I just got past the scene of uh, of the heist, pl- planning the heist, basically whatever that is. Um, and I, I'll, I'll just quickly go through bits. I like when Sokka points out, yeah, the the, the armor, how it's out of date, and then Hanuk is just like eighty five, <laughs> like that bit. And then uh, the 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 build up of like, oh, we need to identify who this commander is, and Sokka's like, is there Xiao? I'm like. <laughs> All right, keeping the comedy there. That 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 that'd be really funny. I wish, yeah, I kind of wish that Sokka somehow, at least if he's going to contribute, I also wish that he contributed with some of the me- mechanist ideas. Like the mechanist gave him uh, mm-hmm. some plans, drawings, or taught him like here's how like here's a weakness in their in their uh, ships. Uh, we obviously here's the 
here's like a, a easy problem with their tanks um here's some of their tactics they gave me their swarm tactics it's like i wish that would have been kind of useful but i'm probably giving too much away or not too much away i just it's something i wish would have happened but that's hindsight's 2020 and yeah ends with Sokka fate mouth dropping to the floor being like ah you're the you're the one who's gonna be marrying Yue there is like yeah and nothing so far to make him seem uh like a jerk but it, i kind of wish funny enough i almost wish that han was actually a reflection of Sokka from book uh from the early book if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Where he was a lot more mistrust. Like, I guess he was distrustful of Sokka, but a lot more yeah. than like the arrogance almost. And again, all the traits that Sokka's of, maybe that was what they did do with Han and it's subtle. And I only realize it now, but I, I guess I, I don't know more. Maybe if we met him in the previous or in the fourth episode, if that would have the case, we would have, seen how far Sokka's come as a person of like oh he's very open now he's uh, or at least he's a much more open person than he was before maybe he maybe Han even has the same feelings that Sokka had with Aang where it's just like is he really the avatar like I don't I don't believe this guy I don't, I don't think he is and he's just showing again he's just a reflection of of Sokka and how far he's come yeah that could have been interesting more interesting than yeah like giving him nothing at all except for he's just like a little pompous like kind of spoiled brat yeah. type and he's being elevated to this being elevated to this command position when we eventually see that he's completely incompetent. So it's kind of like, yeah, there, there's that. That's why I didn't have much to comment on that, that whole sequence. Cause I feel like a lot of it's just ultimately pointless. No, that's I, so. <laughs> I, 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 I sort of agree. Well, it's, it's pointless, but it's also maybe not, wor- I don't know if it's worse, but it's, it does lead up to something. And, uh, I'll save that for when we get to it. Sure, sure. But there's a good scene with um, with Yue and Aang where she's kind of like, hey, you know, like you're the Avatar. Can't you do something to help us? And he's just like, I'm just one kid. You know, there's how can I help? I thought that was a good moment to include again to, you know, kind of ground Aang and still show that he hasn't fully come to grips with his full powers as the Avatar yet. No, and I do wish that we saw more of him waterbending, by the way. That would have also been pretty yes. cool uh again, been showing how far it came but again budget problems potentially time constraints i would have loved to see what they would have done with this like how cool it would have been to see like him do water spouts and then like air attacks ice attacks oh man it would have been so cool to see yeah but to be fair we have i mean maybe it would have been better if katara was doing it because we've seen all this time that ang has really not been taking any of this seriously and has not been studying well as a student. That's true, but remember, so. <laughs> he has some teaching, so I would have loved to see him at least use some in the field, like apply it uh, in the field. Some would have been good, yeah. yeah. It would have been a little out of left field if he was like this excellent waterbender by this point. Well, <laughs> but some integration would have been good. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, yeah, I actually like that fact that he, this whole time he's been out there taking on ships and he said, like, yeah, you know, about a dozen. 
you know, maybe it's a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a kid estimate. I don't know. Maybe he only took out six. I, I have no <laughs> idea. It's off. It's all a noodle incident. It's off screen. It's fan fiction. Somebody probably wrote like, oh, he took he took him out in this way. Like they did so much detail of like he did this move. He did this move. He did something like this. Like just describes it perfectly. <laughs> well, they don't have that much time to yeah, go into too much detail. But yeah, I do like. It it is funny how UA is now kind of apart is is with Katara and like consulting Aang. I got a I got a question like, is that what it means to be with her people right now? She's with the like cons- I guess consulting mm. the Avatar. I I guess so. I don't see a problem with that. Well, I mean, we do find out that Chief and Arnook is probably trying to keep her a little bit isolated from the the action. Oh, I mean, of course, she's got her different purposes, but. But yeah, then after that little scene, we get a fantastic scene with uh, Zuko and Iroh. This is one of my favorite parts. Of this this whole is yeah, two parter. This is it's it's a breakdown almost. It's like I it's it's a it's a it's a build up this whole season. Uh, this book, excuse me, and we finally like see uh, Iroh not like fake because we've seen him like fake cry before, right? Like we've seen him mm-hmm. jokingly cry. <laughs> This time we actually see him almost in tears. Yeah, and, and and really just kind of they've had a lot of masks in their relationship, both of them. Oh yes, literal and or like uh, metaphorical. Yeah, metaphorical. Yeah, Zuko. He's always got that kind of mask of just the rage, and he just doesn't want to have to confront things, really emotional things. And Iroh just kind of always tosses things off with a touch of humor. Never really takes anything seriously on purpose. And so to see them both just kind of not even facing each other, but just kind of be like, yeah, this is, you know, this is a pretty dark spot that we're in. And, you know, Iroh gives that bit about how ever since he lost his son, he's viewed Zuko as his own. And you can tell that really, really hits Zuko, which is great. Yeah. Just fantastic animation, I, I got to say. Oh, go to, go to like, what is it? Go to like 1342. That's a, that's a sad Iroh right there. That's, it's so sad. He's really not in a, he's, he's got the blues right now, even though he's in a red background. Um, yeah, no, just more mythology and more, more backstory for Iroh. It's, and, and for Zuko as well, uh, soon, uh, we'll get some more stuff about what drives him, which is, which is nice. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like how, uh, open and bro, not, not broken, but just, just how open, Iroh comes to Zuko and mm-hmm. just yeah his breakdown is is brilliant um, and and not emotionally manipulative either but like gen- he genuinely thinks that Zuko is probably gonna die maybe not die, but yeah. he has that he has that like thought of like he's gonna do something he shouldn't and he's gonna end up dead and so like to see to to, to, to like see him or to see his son die and we, we don't know how or at least as of now, we don't know how, like, in the story. Um, well, but to be fair to Iroh, I mean, uh, Zuko is as much of an enemy as the, the waterbenders are. They've already did one attempt on his life. If the Fire Nation troops discover him, I mean, what's to say that they're not just going to execute him? Oh, certainly. So, no, you're right. Sorry it's for very, very dire situation. Yeah, pretty much. Eh? It's, yeah, no, you, I mean, and, and I think Iroh is okay if he got caught, but, like, it's Zuko he's worried about then yeah just because again yeah he wants he wants more for zuko he i'll maybe save that for some other time but yeah he certainly 
like I mentioned before with Zhao, he's he's always trying to like lead people away from this this mentality, this Fire Nation mentality of you know taking over the world, basically. Yeah, this this is uh we've been talking so seriously, but this is just kind of a funny little note. I do really like when Iroh kind of switches into like almost a mother role. He's like, oh, and, and don't forget to keep your hood up and keep your ears warm. He just sounds so uh like parental in his concerns. <laughs> I thought that was a cute little little bit. Those the kind of silly, trivial things that he's worried about in this very uh, serious situation. That was a cute way to end the scene. It certainly <laughs> is, and I must say, I I have a feeling that um, whatever his name is, who played Iroh in the movie, I feel like he may have watched this scene and uh, got inspiration mm. from it, uh, or at least maybe didn't re- watch the scene or and, and just. You know, he's a good actor, so he took it the role seriously uh, and genuinely came off as emotionally supportive to Zuko in that movie. So I just I just want to point that out. That's like one of my favorite parts of yeah. the movie. Yeah, he's the best. One of the best parts of that movie. Yeah, oh, basically. Yeah, our buddy um, from uh, Lois and Clark. Absolutely. Lois and Clark, Iron Man one and then three. <laughs> what else are we going to find him in? Yeah, we'll find. Yeah, we'll discover him. But good actor. But after that fantastic scene. We cut to kind of a silly scene with uh, Sokka and Han. Actually, there's one more thing I want to say. I want to give it up to Iroh for oh, being sure. very... like Not to Iroh, for, to uh, Mako. Mako, absolutely. I say Mako. Mako did a fantastic job acting. Like, what what a what a yeah. like seasoned actor. Like, just this... Especially, again, this whole time he's been hiding... He basically pulled a Yoda and uh, how they wanted to depict Yoda and depict Yoda, excuse me, in 5, where he's this funny joking character jovelin character uh where you don't think that he's um crazy or anything like that or he you just like it, he acts so insane i mean not insane but he acts uh, kind of like boomy i guess uh he acts so joking uh and comedic that you can't believe this is an actual like master um and it's kind of the same thing they do here i think yeah a guy who just so doesn't take anything seriously at all. You couldn't imagine they would have the patience just like kind of Aang. You'd figure that he'd be that kind of student, just not taking anything seriously. But yeah, no, that's just who he is now after years of devoting his life to yeah, brutality within the fire nation regime. So, but to uh, try to get back on track to them. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. I just, oh, I good. wanted to bring that up of just like, again, Mako rest in peace. You're a fantastic actor. Mm-hmm. And um, this show wouldn't be anything without you. I'll say that. Like, well, it'd be missing a a big piece, but it probably would be. Yeah. Let's continue. Yeah. So yeah, we get this scene with with uh, Sokka and Han. Got anything to say about this one? Because I've I don't have much really. <laughs> Apparently, Han's more ladies' man than Sokka was. I don't know. I. <laughs> <laughs> Even their kind of conflict is written so kind of simplistically. Plain. Like it's, oh, I'm this kind of brash, you know, up and coming kind of, uh, you know, spoiled kid. And you're just some weasel from the Southern Water Tribe. You don't know anything about what it's like to live in the city. City boy versus, uh, you know, some rural other... guy. Rural dude. And it's just like, really? That's, that's okay. And again, if this had amounted to anything, I would, you know, be more interested in their kind of conflict but the fact that it just ends kind of abruptly with no real you know resolution it's just kind of it's just, it 
I just don't really see much value in these. Yeah, scenes. this is the last time we'll see like the two of them interact. Funny enough. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So it's kind of like okay. Um. <laughs> also, he's wearing a. I think it's a Patroth necklace. That'd be funny if that was the one he made. Not for himself. I, I don't mm. know if the in this culture they're supposed to make two of them, like one for himself, one for her. I heck if I know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not certain. But it's funny he's wearing one there. Uh, some goofy moments where there's some some of the placement of of the background characters are fine after like when they're rolling but there's one where just like you could do something you're not looking you're looking straight ahead you're not doing anything and he's not looking down it's just funny well uh, i guess i guess that's fair but <laughs> this is mark it's uh, it's just that's just basic humor for you and whatnot sorry animators i'm not like <laughs> i i'm being a dunce um yeah, and then we get kind of a kind of a brief scene with Zuko arriving at the city, and that's when he follows the the turtle seals, like I put in the summary there. And again, some good animation, but oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, the turtle. I'm sorry, I'm just trying trying to remember what the uh, there was something similar. Oh yeah, Zuko's Zuko's kayaking. I'm just trying to remember if there was a there was something in another series where the person loved the other person, and they found their uh fiance or whatever and i'm forgetting what it was now <laughs> just reminded me of that for some reason oh yeah i've got no clue yeah but... no i'm speaking weirdly. <laughs> oh but the next scene that really it's worth talking about is uh ua ang and katara just kind of pondering about what they should do they're stuck and that's and that's when ang has this kind of revelation of oh i'm the avatar you know if there's these spirits that you know mean a lot in the society the the ocean spirit and the moon spirit as the avatar maybe i can connect with them and we can find some solution together and his solution's more let's create a big monster and uh get revenge let's but... basically <laughs> he, he he's saying we should do a giant turtle wave aka kamehameha yeah and i will say that that i guess that line's meant to be set up but it does feel a little bit i don't know like I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's fitting Frank. I was going to say it feels a little out of character or something. It just feels a little, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> Spirit attack. Maybe. Sorry. It's turtle wave of destruction. Isn't it? Oh, I'm wrong on that. I, I'm just thinking of coming out again. Um, oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I, like, I, uh, I feel, I feel, there. well, okay. I feel maybe that, maybe that line. I'm probably grasping at straws here, but I, I feel like that line is, stating oh hey it's uh what do you call it uh it's it's like any other anime out there where it's just like oh we're gonna use a giant like energy we're gonna we can use a giant laser to defeat the final boss <laughs> it's just gonna end like that i'm like i don't think it's that simple guys yeah and for whatever reason it made me think of red line you saying that oh golly big monster at the end but so so we uh UA is like, okay, well, if, if we're going to, this is our mission now, I know the perfect place to go for Aang to try to connect to the spirit world. Uh, there's this little kind of, uh, I think I wrote garden in my, it's not quite a garden, but I didn't know what to call it. A shrine. <laughs> yeah, kind of a shrine, kind of a little pocket of green in this amidst the tundra. And again, it was, I actually initially wrote um, a connection to the spiritual ley lines in my my thing, but then I erased it because it just was too clunky. <laughs> But it was making me think of those ley lines again. So, yeah, what it is, I mean, I think they say it pretty much outright. Oh, I love that. 
Sorry, I love that moment. I'll I'll say it in a second, but yeah, what it, what this is uh, is no, I'll just say this right now. Go to seventeen oh nine. It's love these two, even though they're drawn similarly. They're they don't have the same face. That's what I mean. You'll uh, actually wait a minute. <laughs> oh, of them being frustrated, Momo. Yeah, <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah, is it the same face? I like that bit too. No, it's not. Never mind. No, 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 no. It's no, not it's the same not face. the same. No, no, no. It's not the same face. But ah, it's funny. I do love that. Because we, we, we almost never talk about Momo, really. <laughs> There's not much to say a lot of the time. But I, but I do love that immediately once they enter this sacred place, he just starts playing with the water. And they're just like, like uh, like uh this is kind of like a shrine, a sacred shrine. You can't just go shoving your fingers. Well, he doesn't a... know. Like, he, he's just like, I am hungry. I need fish right now. Or I need, I need sustenance. There's some food right there. And then they both just give him like this. <laughs> this dirtiest look. And I love that once he notices it, he just like scrambles away like, oh, <laughs> you know what I also like? I love the fact that in this in this in this shot right here, it actually is a very good um, I don't know depiction is the word, but it's a very good contrast between northern and southern water tribe uh, differences. Uh, they may be from the same culture, but there's slight differences. And I absolutely love that. It's really cool. Like the fact like just just look, look at how look at how their like outfits are. That's what I mean. Oh, okay, yeah. And it's not I'm not just saying, oh like, you know, Katara has one her hand on her hip and then you always get her arms <laughs> crossed. It's not that. It's like just look at their look at their cost look at their outfit, excuse me. Um it's the same yeah. thing almost essentially, but it's just it's different enough. That's that's really cool. And I like that Katara immediately takes off her like heavy clothes when she gets there, kind of a little subtle hint that it's kind of its own little ecosphere in there. So that's exactly where I'll go with that in that this place is a brought in from this is not from earth this is from the spirit realm itself mm. um or yeah no because of because of uh, the ocean spirits and we don't know where they are or the ocean and the moon spirit mm. wherever they are uh they have brought in uh a bit of the spirit world with them uh, to adjust to their their own home if, if that makes sense mm-hmm. makes sense and so i it just shows you, like, again, the nature of these spirits and what their power is. Um, I don't know if there's an order to spirits or if all spirits are powered equally, where they're all like equally powered, or if there's a hierarchy of, like, older spirits are more powerful. Actually, that probably is the case. Yeah, it's the case, yeah. <laughs> but I do like when we see the little, because um, we follow Zuko again, and we get a really cool little sequence here of Zuko trying to find his way into the city. And I like the little uh, cave of the turtle seals. Caves. I think that's pretty cute. Caves are a thing in, in the hero's journey. <laughs> Zuko's the hero in this case. Yeah, and I think you can feel through this two-parter a little bit of a change in Zuko, especially when we get to the end and he's like, I give up basically on my journey for now. Like he's just, he's really, he's lost everything at this point. He's lost his ship. He's lost his crew, separated from Iroh and really has to kind of confront what it is that he wants to be, especially when she captures Aang and he has that moment where he kind of reflects, oh, I guess we'll, we'll get to that. But Yeah, we'll get to that. Cause I have, I have stuff to say about that. Yeah. It's really awesome. But we flash over and we see Sokka sharpening his boomerang. Oh yeah. I forgot about this, but yeah. <laughs> I just got to it the same the moment you said, it, I was like, Oh yeah, we're not uh, getting that cool scene yet. We're getting this scene. Oh, speaking of which funny, funny thing uh, with the chief, with the chief, 
um and this was around before uh i like another it's a cool thing where there's a they have you see that little um brooch not a, not a betroth necklace but a brooch almost a necklace that he's wearing uh which has like uh, a moon and an ocean hmm. it was there the whole time it's that's that's so great that's cool that's that's, that's cool as, as johnny i think it was johnny who mentioned it before or maybe i said it before i don't remember um this item has um no i think it was somebody else this item actually has a history that we don't know about until later on oh so yeah, I don't, I don't remember that coming up, but hmm, that's interesting. Sort of. I just mean like the necklace that he's wearing is the moon and the ocean. And we didn't know up to this point that the water tribes, um, uh, or at least the northern water tribes, excuse me, uh, they worship the moon and the ocean. Hmm. Uh, and so it's it's cool that we see subtle things. Like when they, it was on the drums earlier, and I think it's a few other places as well, but we see this insignia and the symbol there. And I think it's really cool. Uh I guess like subtle background details. Oh yeah. And I forgot with the subtle background details. I like that. We heard the four seasons song again in this episode. <laughs> oh, when was that? During the love scenes with, uh, with UA. Oh, I forgot about that early on. <laughs> I'm a dumb. I forgot about that. But yeah. We, we cut back to Zuko after that brief little kind of interruption. And I love all this stuff. Him swimming around being trapped under the ice. That's some of my favorite stuff too. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Zuko is a boss. Like he is a total boss for doing this. I don't. I think it literally is because of his like firebending uh, abilities. But like, man, I couldn't do this. Man, I couldn't go up in the Arctic and just go inside a in in the water just like that. Like, man alive, I have problems going in cold water. Anyways, I I don't. I've not done a polar bear swim ever. And I do love once he finally escapes the water, and we get that very pretty shot in nineteen thirteen. Where he's like sitting in a tunnel and you kind of see the city around him kind of flooded and all the stars up in the sky. Really beautiful shot. Yeah, there. it's it's really good. Um, I, 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 you're, you're right on that part. Um, I don't know if it's flooded, but it's certainly. Well, just lots of water running through the city, like a little like Venice. Yeah, it's canals. It's kind of that. Yeah, canals. Exactly. Thank you. And I do love we, we cut over to Aang again and he's trying to trying to meditate, trying to fall into the spirit world and. There's uh, Qatar and UA in the background just interrupting him. I thought that was a funny little bit. Yeah, 1927 or slightly before then would is is hilarious of just like wow. Oh yeah, just 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 him sitting cross-legged and putting his hands in the air, just like, will you guys please be quiet? That was the exact time I had my uh, thing paused on. That's funny. <laughs> I am trying to concentrate. By the way, the CGI integration in this episode is some of the best we've seen so far with this show. A lot of the top of the water, a lot of and the underneath that we saw at the beginning, a lot of that's just fantastically done, I think. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, I can't really, yeah, I have nothing really harsh, just no, harsh, harsh words. <laughs> no, I, I, it's light stuff. It's water. So I think it could get away with it. Um, mm-hmm. You can, you can see the difference there, but I think it works with water at least. Yeah. Like it's pretty darn hard to animate water already, uh, yeah. 2D uh, pencil wise. So CGI I can accept. Yeah, and water is such a dynamic kind of thing, just in general. So the CGI just kind of helps it. But then we get this awesome fight because yeah, suck. Oh, uh, now he wants to talk about the fight. No, I'm just kidding. It's just quick, like. Oh, this one is beautiful though. Just the designs of the, you know, the kind of contrasting elements. 
I think it's beautifully realized there. Oh, and you also love the fact that this is a very blue scene, right? Yeah, it's very, very blue. Yeah, looks like aliens. Yeah, it looks like aliens, looks like Wicked City, looks like the Abyss, looks like the Fog. Need I go on? Some of Resident Evil. <laughs> oh, God. But usually with these scenes, I often feel like the elements are just kind of like energy powers thrown at each other and you don't really get a lot of distinction. Yes. This one, I feel like you do see the distinction and it really kind of uh, shows how dynamic the uh, the fights could be. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially since like with, with Tara, she could use water anywhere. Now I do question whether her using that water, which by the way, because the ocean and the moon spirits are in that water, is that technically spirit water? Yes. Oh, wait, it is because I can use this spirit. I could potentially use this spirit water to heal your scar on your head. Well, Tara, you just threw a bunch of water at him. Shouldn't his wounds be healed? I guess she has to do the healing process. So never mind. Whoops. Could have healed Zuko's wounds right there and he would have had a complete face. But now we're just going to keep going anyway. So back to this. Um. Yeah, any highlights uh, are in, in this fight or just continuing on? With it? Oh, one of my favorite bits is when he's uh, she pushes him out onto the water and then she pulls all around him in like a big like dome. Oh, that was such a good like that was so good yeah. looking. That was such a good like water dome. Mm-hmm. And then he calls her you little peasant. I was like, wow, <laughs> don't usually hear me. So that kind of uh, verbiage. That's yeah. That's some foul language there, Zuko. What are you saying? Now nah, it's it was such a fun. Yeah, no. For, for me, this was a great fight. This was like mm-hmm. well worth it, and especially for Katara, we finally see her. Um, Marcus, I'm not going to say doing something. I'm going to say we finally see her, um, f- like fulfill her dream at the very start of the uh, show, at the very start of the season of the book. Excuse me. Oh, there's only one thing I don't much care for. And it's only because in retrospect, it feels a little bit. Um, well, I guess in retrospect, it feels like it was inserted because at the end of the fight, it's like immediately once the sun rises, Zuko has the edge and can take her out immediately. And she's not competitive anymore. Yeah. And it's, that doesn't necessarily feel like it tracks with a lot of the, what we've seen before, where it seems like they were still powerful during the day. It wasn't like you could just plow right through them if the, the sun was up. So yeah, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe we haven't seen a lot of conflict with her and, in, in firebenders, but it just seemed a little bit, a little bit contrived for me, just a smidge. But. I know what you mean. So, and especially because in this episode, so UA spills beans about the fact that, and, there's also retroactive uh, recognition in a way of saying my water feels stronger at night. That's because the waterbenders draw their powers from the moon because, you know, that's how the original waterbenders were the moon, and the ocean. And we didn't, I, I wish Ang also kind of had that of like, wait, that makes sense. Um, so <laughs> what we're experiencing. So basically Katara here is having a power boost. Uh, she's experiencing, um, Almost not. not, I'm not gonna say cheap, but she certainly she she's she has a buff basically to her attacks uh, at night, so she can take on Zuko, uh, who won a duel Agni Kai, which people might complain about, but this is a different element, not so much fire. Um, and so, yeah, potentially speed, and and maybe his fire is also slightly weaker, not just because it's at night, because it's you know the Arctic for Pitt's sakes. So you know maybe there's a difference mm. there. Um, That's fair. It's moisture everywhere. 
So, yeah, Katara does have the edge, I'd say. Um, and I do agree with you that all of a sudden, like, bam, like the tides just turn for Zuko once the sun rises. Yeah, I can't really. But uh, yeah, it's it's just a fantastic scene of, of showing her how far she's come. Again, you kind of need mm-hmm. that. I wish it was, you know, another episode or a few, like if, you know, a few days have passed, like the fourth episode. Oh, it's been four weeks. We've, we've been here for four weeks and uh, mm. here's her training. Uh, again, whatever it, it is, what it is. Yeah. I, I do wish, cause I mean, in my summer I wrote, you know, time passed <laughs> so vague, but I was like, I've, I'm assuming that it's been, you know, at least a f- you know, something. So <laughs> I, you'd hope so. I wish they would have said a few weeks or something like yeah, that. Yeah, just to justify it slightly, just so that it doesn't yeah. sound like, oh, she's gr- she's already like a master. It's like we, we don't want that now. Um, but in and especially in this scene, she's very motivated because like both are motivated characters. One wants to take Aang. The other wants to protect her with her life. So she's basically like pulling all she's not like letting uh she's not pulling any punches excuse me she is like letting zuko have it and potentially also because they keep chasing her uh or he was chasing them the whole time and also maybe for the betroth necklace like i wish that kind of came up that'd be kind of funny just like oh hey i see you got your necklace back or whatever that'd be kind of (laughs) funny Um, yeah, we probably didn't need it, but probably not. I'm I'm just being stupid, but what, what else can I do? But Zuko, he he kidnaps Aang, he he takes over the fight, and yeah, I, I rise with the sun, whatever. <laughs> yeah, and then we see Admiral Zhao; he's back at it, and they completely overrun the city, or not completely, but they they make their attempts to overrun the city. I should say. No, that's 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 fair. Yeah, the sun rises way too quickly, and I guess what happens is she smacks right into a, a a wooden block so maybe you could say like oh she got knocked out from the concussion like it was such mm-hmm. a forceful attack like that's what that's maybe what happened i don't know I shrugs but i i see what your point your point remains this the fire nation attacks and that's effectively the end of the episode i mean we get a little bit with katara afterwards being like oh no we lost Aang, but i don't think there's much else besides that also yeah you ua just leaves I guess went yeah. went to get help. Yeah, went to go get Sokka, I yeah. guess. <laughs> and then brings an Appa, and there's a lot of dread right there, and they're just like, this is not good. Where could have they gone? Um to probably my favorite location, at least in this in this in the next episode. Well, no, that's not true. The frozen north. Holy mm. smokes, this place is great. Like Yeah, and but before we continue on to the next episode, I'll have to read the next next summary here. Yep, that's that's totally fair. I agree. So, in the spirit world, Aang meets Avatar Roku once again. Roku tells Aang that the ocean and moon are ancient spirits, and they left the spirit world ages ago to instead dwell in the mortal world. And in order to find them, Aang has to go and speak to the last spirit old enough to still remember them, Ko, the face dealer. In speaking to him, Aang must be careful to show no emotion whatsoever or he'll open himself to having his face stolen. In the real world, Zuko and his captive escape into a cave to avoid a fierce blizzard. But back on Zhao's ship, the Admiral reveals that he knows the identity of the Moon Spirit's mortal form and intends to kill it. Aang meets Ko, and the two discuss the Ocean and Moon Spirit, otherwise known as Tui and La. As he describes the two, Aang realizes that the koi fish in the pool were the spirits he was looking for. He travels back to where he arrived in the spirit world, 
aided on his journey by our old pal, Haybai. And once he arrives back in the spirit garden, he realizes that his body isn't there. And as a result, his spirit is pulled towards his body, leading Katara and Ko to discovering their location as she saw the passing spirit. Katara takes Zuko out, but Aang refuses to leave him exposed in the icy tundra, bringing him back to the city with them. In the city, the assault is not going well for our firebending foes, but things take a crimson turn as Admiral Zhao captures the moon spirit and the sky turns blood red. During this attack, Yue tells the group a story of when she was a baby and was close to death, but she was saved when she was put in the pool of the two koi's, healing her. Aang and Iroh confront Zhao over the dangers of his attack on the spirit and talk him into releasing it back into the pool, but when he does, he lashes out and kills the fish. Iroh leaps to the attack, and the men flee. Aang, not losing hope, goes into the Avatar state and connects with the Ocean Spirit. Together, the two create a spirit monster that strikes vengeance against the Fire Invaders. Zuko attacks Zhao as he makes his escape, but the spirit monster disrupts the duel between the two and grabs Zhao. Zuko tries to save him, but Zhao refuses, allowing himself to be pulled below the water to his death. Back at the garden, Iroh can feel a connection between Yue and the Moon Spirit, and she accepts that it's her purpose to return the energy that the spirit gave her. She touches the body of the fish and dies. In the aftermath, Master Paku and several of the others decide that it's time to return to the Southern Water Tribe and help them rebuild, telling Katara that she should train Aang instead. And as Zuko and Iroh go off on their own, Zuko says that he's too tired to continue his chase of the Avatar, and Iroh tells him to rest. But have no fear, friends, because deep within the Fire Kingdom... The Fire Lord has another to continue the chase for the Avatar. And that is the end of Book One Water. Are you at the old the old timestamp zero? We're at timestamp zero for one last time. A book one. A book one. So we'll hit play in three, two, one, play. We've made it. That's it. We've made it. It's over. Yeah. It's weird to think. Very weird. <laughs> it's uh the series is over. We're uh we're retiring. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. This time, this channel's retired. Yeah, sorry everyone. The end of the bending elements. Not going to figure out what happens. But we start the episode basically right in the start of the attack, or uh, still in the middle of the attack, I should say. Oh yeah, it's the the siege is is still underway. Like they got them backed up like it were uh, Stalingrad. Well, first off, uh, one, it's now Jam Animation, no mm. longer D- DR movie, and second off, welcome to Dagobah. <laughs> Uh, spirit version <laughs> what really was going on in Dagobah the whole time yeah I was definitely thinking about that I was also thinking about um, the start of the third parts of the Caribbean movie when uh, Jack Sparrow's like trapped in like his own little spirit realm <laughs> if you remember that that's that's funny but I mean that that was a different by first off that was a whole plane of sand I was like it, he was trapped in a desert somewhere I get that also this mo- this movie, this t- show predates, or at least this episode predates that movie. It does, it does. In fact, I think the sequel came out this year, or in 2005, I believe. But just kind of the, like, kind of weirdo, like, surrealist element of the spirit world. It's just making me think of that. <laughs> oh, surreal it is. It's very much, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's no fantastic planet. <laughs> <laughs> well, we get, like, the weirdo monkey man, and once we get to Co. I mean, that's some weird stuff right there. So. The fact that the roots of a tree uh, leave or, or retract, that's kind of cool. Uh, of course, mm-hmm. you know, the, 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 the guy just uses Aang's, I guess, naivety. And so I hear that spirit will fall. It's it's Ori from, not Ori, um, 
what's that character from that's always your companion and always like you know what I'm talking about, right? I don't, but I feel like this has come up before. <laughs> Shoot. Um Is it Ori in the Blind Forest? Is that the book? No, because that's the that's the character. Which I started playing, by the way, really good. Hmm. Um On the Switch. On the Switch. Works really well on handheld. I think most side scrollers work on a handheld. Anyway. Um Navi. Yeah, this <laughs> this this very character. It's like that it's like Navi from uh, Legend of Zelda. <laughs> I don't remember which one, but yeah, I haven't played any Zelda game really. So yeah, I don't have much familiarity with that character. Hey, you got a switch now. So like, yeah, that's true. Maybe it's time to jump in. But speaking of jumping in, I was also thinking a little bit of, uh, I think it's the third Lord of the Rings where Frodo looks into the water. And when uh, Aang was looking at the water and seeing uh, Roku, I was thinking that bit. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's kind of vague me saying looks uh, at the water. <laughs> no, that's fair. Um, 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 um. This is in the Twin Towers, right? I think it was at the beginning of the third one. Oh, of Turn of the King. Because they're with Gollum. He's looking down some, to some water and sees something. I don't remember what he even sees anymore. It's been so long since I've seen that movie. Yeah, because are they still going through the swamps by that point? Yeah, they're in the swamps. Yeah. Okay, so they haven't gotten to Shilob yet. Or the cliff. Wait, did they, did they already go up the cliff? No, that was at the end. I'm not confused. We probably haven't seen it in like similarly a long time. Yeah, like 10 years since I've seen it. Probably been like seven or eight years. Yeah. So maybe, maybe we should move away from that. Yeah. <laughs> so Avatar Roku. Yeah, here he is once again. I mean, it's no it's no Luke looking at Darth Vader in the cave. Well, yeah, yeah. Slightly different, but, but similar. Yeah. A little bit of uh, seeing yourself. In the past or the future. His, his past <laughs> self, basically. Yeah. Hello, Aang. <laughs> Roku, nice of you to see it's nice to see you again. I'm mm-hmm. uh glad to see you here. Uh I need your help. <laughs> yeah, then we cut back to uh Zuko briefly and we get a pretty cool scene. Him walking along the ice and it just starts to break apart. And just just the way that's animated I think works quite well. Oh, it's so fluid, especially like when he get when he and him and Aang get tossed uh away i think it was that was some really good like the 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 characters uh seem very solid i I like it a Mm -hmm. lot yeah and it's funny watching these two episodes back to back it's a little like we've discussed when you're reading like a like a run in a book and then suddenly like it's all done by one artist and then suddenly you get to one where it's a different artist but maybe they're better you know (laughs) like i was still loving the stuff in the previous episode i still thought it looked great but then you get to this one and it's like even though it doesn't have as many standout visual moments necessarily, it's just like everything's more solid. Everything's more polished. So it's like, hmm, well, that's the difference between both JM and DR movie. That's I think I both, both have pros and both have cons. Uh, mm-hmm. That's for the person to decide. It's in the eye of the beholder. I just noticed by the way. So when we go we, after, so yeah, Zuko then finds shelter. Um, I don't know what his plan is because, uh, we haven't gotten to his, we haven't got to his speech yet, but I don't know what his plan is. Uh, cause he can't keep going. Well, if you keep going North, you'll go eventually, you'll start eventually going South. I mean, yeah, but food, water's not a problem, but food. Um, if you go at three eleven, so then yeah, go back to the spirit world. Um, at three eleven, we see, I, there was this weird creature 
Um, Aang's looking at, at Roku, and then we see like this weird, I don't know, object in the tree. And then I realized, oh, it's a lizard because there's a lizard on the bottom, uh, one of the bottom roots on the left, and then there's another lizard type creature uh, on the trunk of the same tree uh, on the left. Oh, I'm currently looking for it. Oh, yeah, I see it. Yeah, those are weird. I didn't notice them. Yeah, mm. I did not realize that until now. I'm like, oh, hey, what the hey? Yeah, interesting. But I'm over at uh, Zuko's speech right now. Hey, nice. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I guess, should I talk about what Roku says? or? Yeah, you can go ahead, okay. yeah. <laughs> uh, basically... Uh, so Aang asks, you know, for advice of like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Um, I need to know these ocean spirits or this, this ocean of moon spirit. And he, Roku get, fills them in with these. This thing. It's almost, I don't, I don't know if it's too obvious. For, I mean, okay, maybe retroactively, obviously, like watching this again. I don't know if I realized firsthand when I watched this that the ocean and moon spirit were clearly the koi fish. Um, I don't know if I was like a smart arc back in the day for that. I, I don't know if it was pretty obvious for some people, but <clears throat> I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not I think they make too much of a connection with Aang kind of being like, oh, I need to find my spiritual center. Then we see them still in their like constant cycle that they do. And even just they look like they kind of yin yang balance sign like i feel like it's pretty spelled out but maybe to little kids well we know. saw that in the previous episode yeah we saw that in the previous episode when we they do the dance then they do this when mm-hmm. they, they keep circling around each other and they actually melds into um mm. the yin yang um i think mm. there's a name for it as well um it triggers ang to go into the spirit like to go into the avatar state and go into the spirit realm like that that clearly tells you there's there they are something, but you know, y- you could almost say that going to see Ko is kind of a waste of time because it should yeah. have been obvious to Aang, like, wait a minute, I got tricked. How did this happen? And then, like, he talks with it through Roku and is like, wait a minute, I figured it out and it could work because he figured it out because you know, him and Roku are still the are one the same person, so he figured it out. <laughs> um, so yeah but it is an excuse to get some creepy surrealism so oh yeah so it's an excuse <laughs> to like have that character show up but like in the last episode with with han no that was a complete waste of time yeah well i mean the homo was at least like more built up like it was even in the previous episode uh the waterbending master there was like oh she's um she's mysteriously engaged yes. like oh what's this gonna mean Yes. And then once we finally meet him, you, you figure there's going to be more there, and then there's just not. The face dealer also feels like it's going to be set up for something in the future. So I guess we'll see what happens there. Speaking of which, I, for, I completely forgot. Who wrote the last episode? Uh, it was John O'Brien. Who directed it? Lauren McMullen. Uh, who wrote this episode? That I don't know. <laughs> Go Because I remember it was good old Aaron Ehaz, and it was directed by the prodigal son himself. Mr. <laughs> I introduced Princess Mononoke to these two buds, and then I went on to do CG Wars and eventually Book of Boba Fett, <laughs> Dave Filoni. That's funny that you had the one and I had the other. <laughs> I'm in the other. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So so Zuko speech. Roku tells him that the yeah the speech yeah sorry Roku tells uh, Aang 
now. The, the ocean and moon spirit gave up their immortality long ago and that they chose willingly to uh, stay in the spirit or in the mortal realm. That's very interesting. That could be a story in of itself. People probably made fan fictions of it. Then he's like, but I don't know what their identity is. And I'm, I, I, so there's only one spirit I know of that is able to uh, have the memory of whom they are. And that would be Ko, they know, also known as the face stealer. Show no emotion, anger, happiness, sadness, whatever. And you shall be, your face shall be ripped off from your, your head. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess they don't go into those details, but yeah, something something similar to that. So basically, yeah. Aang, get all your giggles and all your on your all your funny uh, funny quips out, uh, because yeah, you're gonna you're gonna need to remain stone cold and frozen face for a bit, or else, as they, as as your mother said, uh, you'll your face will freeze up. Um, stay like that if you if you hold that expression for too long. Oh, but then we, yeah, we get uh, the Zuko speech and we discover that, you know, all this season we've seen that Zuko's been, you know, very much wanting to pursue the Avatar to kind of reinstate himself in the Fire Kingdom. But here we get a little bit of a different dynamic where we see that not only was it that, but he was also jealous of the, the Airbender, or the Avatar, <laughs> the Airbender. Jealous of him, just things coming easy to him, born with a natural gift. And he relates that to his sister, which we don't learn the name to now, but we discover that she was kind of a prodigy in her youth. And that's always been something that he's kind of felt like he couldn't measure up to and felt like that was kind of a kind of a thing hanging over him that he was never as good as her. And so that's a new new dimension for for him. 14, 14, 404, 41, 04, 41. That's the line that gets me right now. Um, was it? I'm I'm as strong as I need to be, or uh, I'm strong and I can fight, or whatever. It's made me who I am. You just see like his beaten up, scarred face of like mm. Zuko. Is it worth it? Is this obsession with wanting to please your father? Is it worth it? Look what it's done to you. It's not the Avatar. It's just, it's you. That's all I'll say. Great scene. It is great scene. Yeah, no doubt. Just great. And now we continue forward. Yes, we get some, some action here. I'm not sure if you have much to say. Like we see that. Oh, actually, here's something to say. Oh, okay. <laughs> not about the action. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we get the scene with uh, Admiral Zhao and, and Uncle Iroh. And yeah, they're kind of discussing about what what his plans are at this point, but they're very rudely interrupted because somehow Han managed to get up there, which is he the only one of their troops that managed to... It uh, looks like it. I, I, Cause I don't think I see anything like anybody behind there. Uh, yeah. I don't see like the fire, uh, the, the other guards uh, escorting anybody else out or, or checking that security on their part. That's fine. Um, so there could have been like a whole like Ocean's Eleven thing where they're like very intricately trying to get him to this point, and they only see this point. Again, something. Rogue One, a, a an Avatar story. 
mm-hmm. where it was the assassination, the failed assassination of Admiral Zhao. Um, but it turns out, <laughs> it turns out Hong literally went to a different like Admiral, Ch- like he went to find Admiral Choi, who was on the other side of the world, and and murdered him. And then it was revealed that it was actually Admiral Zhao who was in the north, right under his nose. Oh, Han, you funny guy. Um, yeah, and this this is a little petty on my part, but the fact that he was so kind of just dim and couldn't even remember the name at this point, I, it just makes me feel a little sad that this character was so underserved. Like, I feel like we could have done something with him, but the fact that he was so pompous and stupid and failed so abysmally, <laughs> couldn't even get the name right. It's just kind of like, did we really... Like, why did we even have this character then? If he was, if this all was, was this a joke? Was that all it was supposed to be? It wasn't very funny to me. So it was just kind of like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it was a, um, what would you call it? It was most certainly, most certainly like one could say a wasted character. Like, what yeah. was the point of making this character who was supposed to be UA's uh, uh, groom to be? Uh, wh- why? Like, what, what, what was the purpose? And he doesn't come back, as far as I'm aware. Um, I don't know if there's anything in the comics. Mm. But... Yeah, and I was even thinking, even if we had seen him after she had died, and we'd seen, like, he came to Sokka, like, hey, like, I know that me and you kind of shared a connection with her, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're feeling rough about this, I'm feeling rough about it. Even that would have given us something. The fact that it almost feels like they maybe thought they were going to have more time and then realized, oh, we, we can't do anything with this character. Let's just kind of write him out quickly. And it something about it just feels just kind of frustratingly off with that. It, it feels a little bit like the rest of the show throughout, they've always been a little bit more. Um, there's always been a little bit more forethought with what they were doing. This one, it feels like they changed directions rapidly and then just wrote them out in kind of a silly joke scene. And it just didn't quite work for me. Yeah, it's, so. <laughs> it's weird because it's an element that almost didn't need, as you said, didn't need to be in there. Kind of pre- similar in, in previous episodes where it's like, now nah, if you had just removed this one part, it would have probably like done nothing but like give you more time for something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it is interesting that that, that happened. Um, I don't know, like, yeah, it was, like I said, it's just a joke in the very end. It's just, the buildup is just to a joke, and, like, if you laughed at that, I guess it's it it was funny. That here's this buffoon of a man. How he, like, what his credentials are to have, like, proposed to, uh, proposed to UA. Like, I don't know if he's the alpha male at all in the tribe. Doesn't seem like he is. Um... Uh, here he is who just you know makes a fool of himself doesn't go sneak he doesn't sneak at all he just loudly boasts yes <laughs> then falls in the water how he doesn't get killed is beyond me but well it's probably because it's a kid's show yeah he could have been like i've come to deliver a secret message and then he like approaches them and then stabs but no yeah, I'll, I'll... just immediately he's such a big like doof <laughs> hidden, hidden blade just comes out of nowhere like, for all we know he could have just killed himself running off the top of that thing 
maybe he fell into the ship and just died on the collision. We don't know. Uh, we would have <laughs> heard impact, but what we heard next was a splash, so he's fine. That's well, that's fair. Maybe drowned. we all know that. Oh no, it's not like it's like three meters above the you know the, 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 where, where they're stationed is not like three meters or, or higher. And as soon as he hits the water, it's going to be soft, right? Like, no, of course not. Maybe he's so dumb he doesn't know how to swim. I never learned. <laughs> he says that he dies. That is that is a Darwin Award winner right there <laughs> for the fact that you are from the water tribe. You're not a waterbender. That's another thing. Oh, come on. There's it right there. He's, he's Sokka with the arrogance and whatnot from book one. Uh, from or from book one from the beginning episodes and then he's katara right there so you have like him being a rival to katara as well where he's a better waterbender than she is man alive there you go that's the other thing where he like has his epic duel with with um with Zhao and then like dies oh they could have done that yeah and I, i will just say watching this scene again in full it, I, I really do think my theory that they had maybe thought that they were going to do something with him and then just change directions. Like he interrupts the scene and they don't even comment. They just say, oh, as I was saying. Yes. Like it goes on with no effect. Yes. <laughs> like they, they told Jason Isaacs, all right, here's a scene. Like, like, like go into this whole, do this whole scene with the, um, as I was saying, like afterwards, <laughs> like. And they don't even tell Isaacs what it was. Uh, just like, oh yeah, just uh, interrupts. Like you get you get interrupted for a second. It's like as I was saying. <sighs> oh, you just reminded me. I forgot. I wrote this in my notes. I wasn't even looking at my notes. But uh, number one, this is I think the standout for Jason Isaacs in this show. I think he's just great in this this two parter. He's brilliant. Some really standout deliveries. Really good. Really good. Fantastic actor in almost anything he does. <laughs> Yeah, and since this will probably be the last time we mention Han, I did think it was curious that uh, in the first scene where Han's talking to Ahsoka, he calls him Sok. Sorry, I was going to say uh, Sokka. He calls him Soka, like they do in the uh, M. Night movie. Oh, no. And I was like, is that where M. Night got it from? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, he calls him Soka. Do not say it, so. <laughs> oh, no. So I was curious. I was like, oh, maybe that makes sense. That's where M. Night. Oh, my goodness. He just watched this finale over and over again and then got the names confused. Oof. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, where was I going with this? Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you know what would probably clear the air? If I had watched the commentary. Oh, yeah. This is the commentary. Silly me. I'm such a goof. So that's on my fault. That's that's on my part. I should. I would have probably had the answer. You know, I might I might listen to that after this, and if I hear anything, I'll I'll cut in uh, right about now and be like, okay, this is what they said. Yeah. Pause. <laughs> so, guys, here's here's the story. <laughs> Anyways, continuing as Zhao was saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Ira was basically um, was Ira was still kind of being like, be, be careful of this attack. We we should be careful. Uh, we should. Uh, stop because you know it's going to be night soon and it'll be full moon even though it was already full moon last night go ahead oh but after that bit we do get a pretty cool little flashback scene um where we see kind of a young admiral zhao learning the secrets of the moon spirit lieutenant zhao yeah lieutenant zhao then 
Not Private Zhao. No, that was <laughs> that's another story. <laughs> I do like that a little bit, and then I like how immediately uh Iroh's like, whoa, like this this is not this is not a good idea at all. <laughs> he just seems completely furious that he would even consider this, how arrogant he is now. Yeah, he was he was taking him kind of not want to say seriously. I think I think he was serious air quotes, but this is like this is taboo. This is something you do not do. Um, yeah, he was in his way. He was trying to mentor him like he's been doing with, uh, with Zuko yep. and trying to trying to guide him down the right path. Once he finds out that this is where he was thinking of going, it's like, whoa, you've completely gone off the rails into yeah, crazy town. So I do not support you in any way, shape or form. You are absolutely um, terrible. Like you're, you're despicable. And I now will move against you personally. Like this is this per you have personally attacked me for this. Um, um, yeah. And we also get the line dropped, uh, that, uh, Iroh had actually been to, or at least had discovered or interacted with the spirit world here as, uh, oh, Zhao yeah. kind of dr- states, like I've heard rumors uh, of your little venture into that world there. Um, kind of yeah. jokingly again, just very arrogant. I like, I like this scene. I really, it, really do. Great. Maybe scene. it's, maybe it's, it's okay. This is probably going to sound very sensitive and insensitive, but it very much seems like if you watched in Japanese, it would almost like it would fit like a ja- like a Japanese anime, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's fair. The, the only thing that doesn't work is that minor interruption by Han. Which, yeah, no, again, feels just forced in. I'm but, yeah, I'm, I'm skipping that. I'm just saying like, this seems like something out of uh, something Japan would make like this character, like, like Zhao just seems like this proud, uh, arrogant man who thinks like he can do this and there'll be no repercussions. He'll just have, uh, so there'll, there'll be celebrations and it'll be a positive thing for him. No, it's not just complete arrogance on his part. It just, uh, not a, not a character that's a well-written character. I'll say that. Uh, did you say not written not well written or no a very a very well written character oh okay <laughs> no 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 a well written character <laughs> oh but speaking of the spirit world yeah we cut back to ang venturing to find uh ko and we see a great wolf which i thought was a pretty cool shot and felt reminiscent of a, a certain miyazaki film which we might be discussing a little bit later in the episode as oh, well yeah it's just not okay so <laughs> i kind of wish that I, I i don't maybe they did again if this were like theatrical dude i wish it was like the mm. entrance and or whatever yeah no the entrance if you remember the secret of nim where mrs brisby goes into uh the great owl's lair that is that is some peak animation right there and Oh, the detail and the darkness of that animation style, like man alive, like oh, that'd be so good. Also, um, let's see, I'm trying to remember now. I have to, I have to, I got, I gotta get my facts correct because it's been a while. Did Aang go into the spirit realm at all? No, he didn't. This is the first time we're in the spirit world. I forgot about that. Is it Sokka and those villagers were in there? We didn't see anything. Aang was only in spirit. 
he was never in the spirit world sort of like he was he was intangible but his spirit was still in the physical realm in a way mm-hmm. or uh, yeah no. i thought he okay okay yeah i don't remember enough what were you gonna what were you gonna say i thought he did go in there but maybe i'm wrong it's been a while <laughs> but this is the first time we see the spirit realm is this what it looks like for the remainder of the series? No. <laughs> Spoilers, no. Um, anyways, so Anne goes inside. Before, sorry, before he does, he sees a curly tail blue nose or curly tail blue nose. Turns to him and uh, well, there's no face. No, not that character. Not that. Not that character. That character's not here. <laughs> yeah, still pretty creepy. Yeah, especially with the score that uh. It's certainly and the and the tree, the tree itself. I think did they okay, if I remember correctly, did they say they looked at uh Yidrasil? Because if they did, that's amazing. Yeah, no clue, but but to get the yeah, try to get this move in here. Yeah, so he goes and meets uh Ko. And this is a pretty creepy scene. Um, like you mentioned, it actually doesn't have that much use besides being creepy, because when Aang finally figures it out, it was kind of obvious, at least to the audience. So it kind of feels like a little bit of spinning our wheels, but but what do you think of the scene there with with Ko? So despite my revelation of like, oh yeah, this character doesn't really need to be here. Fantastic! Like for mm-hmm. a kid show, they could have gone more, but like you could see the nightmare fuel in this. Like he's not, he is certainly not Pennywise nor the Thing. But like, they could go there if they wanted to. This is like our third, fourth spirit we've seen, and like, yeah, they're they're not just humanoids. That's 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 nice that mm-hmm. they're 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 keeping the fact that these are legit creatures, um, and not just humans. Yeah, and my references uh, go a little bit beyond the kids' uh, programming. <laughs> But there's a little bit of Wicked City in there for me. I don't know if you feel any of that. I didn't think of that. I was actually not, I was not really thinking that. Uh, wasn't coming to mind. There's also a little bit of uh, Dune in there for me with uh, the God Emperor, the Great Tyrant. Uh, I thought you were going to say like Shai Halun. Or Halun, excuse me. Yeah, Shai Halun or Shai Tan as people might call the, the Great Tyrant, uh, Leto II. I see which is like a sandworm with a human face. And, oh. and there's also uh, the Tleilaxu face dancers who can, you know, change their faces. Is that also in Dune? That's also in Dune, yeah. Wow. This is some cool stuff. So there's a little bit mixed in there. I can't wait. So. To, is that going to be? I wonder if that'll be in the sequel or not. Or part two, sorry. Yeah, they'd have to. The Tleilaxu play a big role as the series goes on. That, so That seriously has to be a three-part movie, by the way. Like, that has to be a three-part <laughs> movie or else... Yeah, but uh, not nowhere else. But, but yeah, I do, and I even enjoy um, Ko's kind of explanation of the yin and yang and the push and pull. The deliveries there, I think, are quite good. And I'd actually look up who played that role, but maybe I'll do that right now. I think they do a good job. No, yeah, I, th- I think I know the Walker Brothers were praising that guy's voice. He does such a great voice. Um, was <laughs> a big lick alligator moment. Um, I love the backstory. Not even backstory. I love the fact that. My old friend, we've have mm. we met before? Oh, we have. 
Yeah, and even though we don't know the context, it's still creepy and impactful, I think. It like this character sp- like just screams um setup for future endeavors. Mm. Um <laughs> but um <laughs> Well, they did something with him in the comics, sort of. <laughs> sort of. Or at least talked about him in the comics. I Maybe the new TV series. So the whole co- uh, Legend of Co. <laughs> He'll be a co-worker of these guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see him in his office job in Loki season two. Co-work. Co-hurt, excuse me. Or wart, excuse me. Uh, I don't know. I, I'll read the comics again to maybe make sense of it, but Anyways, so I love the fact that Aang is very, you got to get to Aang. He's, mm-hmm. he's very like, I wish he had, I wish he kind of turned around away from Ko, but he can't because Ko is like just in his form. He's just always around him. I like that. That's a good design as well. Is that they made him so that he can go around 360. Like you'd think they would do an owl mm-hmm. all the time. No, this is like the, his millipede centipede. Uh, I forget the, the genus name and whatever you would call it, but that name of just him going around in circles, you can't like escape his face. I like another thing they could have done is they could have done like uh, he has a thousand faces uh, on his on mm. his body, so he has like faces all on his back, all his and exoskeleton, uh, just everywhere. It's not just like his face, so doesn't matter where you like. He's always looking at you. He has eyes on the back of his head, wherever. Like his his like faces on his feet uh or his his appendages goodness gracious that'd be great yeah maybe a little bit too creepy for the kids (laughs) oh yeah no i'm assuming that a lot of like artists out there probably done their own interpretation of of what he looks like i'm guaranteeing you they (laughs) i'm going to take all these references and put them together as one and then like here's what co actually looks like i'm just kidding yeah but uh, once again try to speed things up a little bit yeah go ahead i've spent i've I've talked about this enough (laughs) Yeah, so Aang has his revelation. Oh, it was the the koi fish, like we mentioned. And uh, did you like the little reappearance of Heibai briefly? <laughs> I really uh, that was that was unexpected and uh, really mm-hmm. good. Um, it's sad that it'll be his last appearance, but I'm just grateful that they had the fourth. That they that they were like, let's bring this character back since he's in the spirit well realm. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed that too. Um. I guess it's uh, nice to see the kind of tanks and stuff coming back from the previous. Was it the uh, the Airbending Temple or Northern Air Temple? Yes, the um, oh, what was it called now? Yeah, um, the, the, I think it was Northern Air Temple. Yeah, Northern Air Temple. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's definitely a big change from the, the start of the season. Seeing this kind of stuff, like I don't feel like we had even any hints that they had this kind of technology going on, but. But yeah, it definitely kind of shows the the contrast between their very advanced force just running over this city. All like the flames everywhere. It's pretty kind of a dark image, really. Do you guys get it now? Do you guys get it? It's Vietnam. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Battle of Endor. Do you not get it? It's clear. It makes sense now. It's the, the Fire Nation is America. And then the Water Tribe are every, all the other like nations of the world. America is the okay. Anyway, one last thing, by the way, I want to say about Ko. Uh, it's quick. Don't worry. He has a blue face. Do you suspect that's the original, the origin of the blue spirit, and that potentially there was another 
like spirit called the blue spirit and co stole his face stole his face that's interesting you mean like his mask oh oh yes i know what you mean yeah. yes now that i think about because it because once ang has that little like the the koi fish and then like turns and just gives him that look mm-hmm. and he's still stoic yeah that is interesting yeah because i guess he wouldn't like i was thinking maybe that was just like a like a gladiator's or not not a gladiator <laughs> like a samurai or someone's like mask but yeah, I guess he does steal faces, so he wouldn't steal a mask. So that is interesting. Maybe it was a spirit. See, I, I, sometimes masks in in real life, depending on the culture, are a reflection of 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 spirits and or beings that we don't know of. Ko's hmm. face, for instance, looks like a no mask almost. Um, so, so this is like the nightmare version of no face. Um, in, in a way, the blue spirit. Is probably was probably seen by people, and thus they made the mask. Like, remember those masks in, um, what is it, the the the, the firebending master? Oh uh, yes, yes I do. Could yeah. you imagine if those were actual spirits? Be creepy. Yeah, cre- creepy. Yes, but I mean, again, we only see them in like uh, one one emotion. We don't see them in like many emotions. We don't know if that's them or not. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Sorry. Yeah. So yeah, we see Ang cut back he he goes back and sees that little monkey guy again but once he arrives in the garden he realizes his body isn't there and um for whatever reason i was a little bit confused as to why his spirit just kind of goes and finds his body was that established previously that that would happen or um because they were kind of like oh we can't disturb him he must stay here but then it was kind of like oh even though he was disturbed his spirit found his body anyway so yeah no it's that's yeah it, it was it was something yeah no i they're playing fast and loose with it and they're like ah it's it's okay um or something else but i'm yeah because because fang was the one that brought uh ang back to his body originally and it was still stationary and so hey by sort of does that maybe ang just didn't know that at the time so now he can travel again he's he's understanding his spiritual mm-hmm. side more so maybe he can travel um back to his body like relocated where his body is i don't know <laughs> or maybe it's like because he because this is stupid i'm gonna um because katara ua appa and Sokka are kind of nearby where zuko is and because uh momo's where he last left it's almost like a tether in a way if that makes sense where like ang uh momo's the anchor point they're like the the line of like okay at least we're sort of nearby and then he goes past them and then ends up back in his body i i don't know i'm i'm just making crud up at this point um but you missed a you missed a kind of somewhat important scene of the the battle taking place and just more water bending and we see master paku go at it um yeah we just but yeah i'll just go we, we basically see the moon rise it's full moon and the waterbenders have a buff they have they have boosts so we see like them take going on the assault. They can do more. Um, they, they like one can take on two or three firebenders at once this time. They can get rid of the tanks quicker. Paku just goes on the assaults. I'm surprised they're not killing them. That's it's, it's kid show. You can maybe imply it. I have no idea. And then anyway, back to this. Yeah, we see Ang Spirit tr- go back to his body. Uh, again, maybe p- p- continuation of his power there. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. Uh. Um, oh continuation of which power do you mean continuation of uh his spiritual powers oh i guess i guess could be but where where are you right now i'm already on the 
I'm already on when Zhao takes the, uh, Oh my goodness. I'm like 12, 12, 12 30. Well, that's yeah. That's only like 30 seconds later. But. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Basically. So yeah. Ang goes back to, uh, Ang goes back to his body and then, uh, they, they uh, Katara sees the flash of light. They go there. Uh, Ang tries to escape again, uses his breath to push Suko back and himself out. And he gets out a bit. He starts like waddling away and then, or trying to inchworm away and hop away. And then Zuko grabs him. He's like, that's not going to work. Appa shows up. Katara comes in, just like slams Zuko down again, buffed up because of the full moon, even though she can't really see it because it's out in this frozen wasteland. But anyway, uh, <laughs> and then smacks him down. And then Aang has a brilliant moment. Oh, sorry. Sokka is like, this is some good rope after he unties Aang. Like, this is really good rope. And then Aang, uh, as they're about to leave, um this is a very humble thing and um yeah uh like i said before how is zuko gonna survive out here um it makes no sense and actually does the selfless thing and brings zuko along with them of course probably tying him up just so nothing bad goes uh happens again and uh then after that yeah we see uh we cut to zhao grabs um I don't remember which is which. That's that's the problem. Yeah, he takes the moon spirit. And then we get the blood moon. Well, the moon spirit. I, just, I forget the name of each one. And then we get crisis on uh, on Earth. Yeah. Yeah. And this red effect is not exactly like it almost like downgrades the resolution a little bit. Yes. For whatever reason. I'm not sure why that is. But but yeah, again, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I have much to say here. I mean, it's definitely disrupting all their emotions and that's when we get ua's little speech about how when she was born she was quite ill and it wasn't until her family dipped her into that pool i guess hoping that the spirits would be able to help her and i guess the moon spirit put a little bit of itself into her or something yeah uh, i think that's kind of what happens also ua is very cute as a baby i don't know why it's just, <laughs> just kind of a little thing there um where's her mother I must know what happened to her mom. Yeah, I guess maybe she died. That's oh wow. She's a princess and her mom died. Wow. What a Disney trope right there. She's a Disney princess right there. Anyway. Yeah. And Zhao, he's very, very proud of his actions. He's saying how he's a legend and people remember him for generations to come. And yeah, not uh, maybe not the best legacy to have, but he's happy about it. So yeah, he just, uh, I think, how, what do you think of the delivery? Do you think it was um, ruined by Momo at the end or or no? <laughs> um, it's more like this strange piece of music that they use for Momo. Like it almost felt a little bit like clownish, the music. I don't know. I don't know what that was. No, but, I, I that but no, I thought the delivery was fine. Yeah, I think Isaacs did a very good job. I know what Momo was trying to do. I think he was trying to grab the, the bag and he failed, so. Yeah, it was the music, not even Momo. Just that weird piece of music. Yeah, Momo actually was doing something right here. Yeah. <laughs> like made yeah, up I appreciated Momo game. trying. Also, previously, yeah, uh, Yui's whole speech of her, you know, that was a great, I, I, that was really good, shows her character, but like, could have been in like the fourth episode. Also, with like the fact that Zhao now has the moon spirit and there's disconnect between uh, the moon and the ocean, all the bender, all the water benders can no longer water bend. Um, 
which is like that's not good and the tides kind of turn <laughs> the tides turn for uh the fire nation this time anyways mm-hmm. yeah and right now i'm just watching that moment where iroh comes in and it's like oh you're going the wrong way like just put the spirit back i can't stand by and let you do this and again mako's doing a fantastic job um i think i mentioned maybe in our kind of uh rambling beginning episode that iroh is always one of my favorite piece of this show and what this episode is one of the ones that really cemented how fantastic he is and how much he kind of adds to the show with his presence yeah, mako the actor Zhao, so. you dirtbag you're just like oh you're a traitor i'm like this man is no traitor this man should be like this man clearly he's the first son he clearly should be fire lord no that's that's for another day but like he sh- clearly should have uh been leader of the fire nation you're the traitor Zhao. I love just the fact that I wish they, I would, I'd have to kind of ramble and, and start thinking like what it would mean if, uh, Zhao kills the moon spirit and what, cause he's like the fire lore and Aang and him are like, you know, the fire nation will suffer consequences. If you get rid of the moon, I'm like, I want to see how like, okay. So, you know, Zhao basically is, is, smart one and is like i don't have to fight anybody here because all i i have like um i i i i have you all in car blanche i literally have uh my shrimp card in in front of me right now i could just burn this thing here and now yep and uh apparently diplomacy worked for like two seconds um Xiao puts the moon spirit back in the water with uh the ocean spirit and then does a chop and blasts the spirit uh, in the water and don't do not know how he uh, doesn't kill the other spirit, but that's just me. Yeah. And I can't tell if he was persuaded for a moment and then just in like an impulse struck out and killed it. Or if that was always his like secret plan. It, it's, it's difficult to re- read really. Yeah. I don't know why he would do that, but I, I I know what you mean. But he strikes it down, and um, everything turns black and white. Eng is yeah, sepia tone. No, that's not right. Um, monochrome. Um, Eng is about to become more powerful than he uh, he should, or the but more powerful than he ever imagined. <laughs> um, and runs away. Sort well, sort no. Yeah. Step out of the water. Iroh gets furious. He gets like ter- he gets serious. Like not that he wasn't serious already, but he he goes at him. Like he and he should have had him. I don't know why. And then blast like takes on all four of those like foot soldiers at once and just knocks them down like very quickly, showing how powerful he is. Um, Zhao escapes and is in fear of Iroh. Actually, afraid of him. That's. I like that. That's that's really good. And then we see Zuko escaped on the back of the saddle. Um, thankfully, you're trying to get away. And we then just see the group go around and, and Iroh picks up the moon spirit. And then it happens. Take it away. Yeah, switching into the Avatar state. I do like when the fish, like his eyes glow. Yeah, I'm going into his little avatar state Just too. Just his expression is like, <laughs> oh, it's great. 
Yeah, and that's here's the moment where they really step into Miyazaki territory with yeah. Oh man, just 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 when like Ang, as as Ang goes down into the water, how the water's white and then it turns to black. Oh, it's like the splash of black. Goodness gracious me. Yeah, it's a great contrast because everything was black and white, and then just like this explosion of uh, like bright blue and white. But it's still funny because light. It's like when when Ira was firing his his fireballs. Um, people still had color to them it's just like there's no more moon god yeah. that was oh boy okay take it away yeah and it's it's a pretty cool little like kaiju sequence i love how uh the waterbenders immediately bow and then we see the fire firebenders go back to the assault nice little contrast there but i also like just ang like hovering in his heart sp- space <laughs> i think that's kind of funny his heart area yeah <laughs> and we see him like he's uh like in a Jaeger from uh, uh, Pacific Rim, resuming the actions, and then his his Jaeger responds to it. So yeah, that's I think been in other mech shows prior to that. Yeah, um, <laughs> I love the way he travels as well. Uh, also, I think the nickname here is also Kozilla. Oh, that's kind of funny. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know. It's the Nightwalker, obviously. The Nightwalker, absolutely. <sighs> I don't remember the Japanese name. Uh, we, we we cut aside quickly as as Aang goes on the assault, and we see a rematch between Zuko and Zhao. And I love the mm-hmm. fact that it starts off with Zhao, uh, Zuko saying, "You tried to kill me," and Zhao just admitting, "Yes, I did." Just proud of it. <laughs> this ca- this coward who just ran away from what he this con- this conqueror this man who like killed the fire sp- or the killed the ocean spirit is a coward and ran away not celebrating a victory is instead confronted by a traitor an enemy of the state or the nation whatever you want to call it calling zuko funny yeah no, i think that that's it's a nice little rematch and it's well handled visually and um there's not too much emotion to it for me but i feel like for the characters you can feel that continuation of their previous kind of fight and yeah, building conflict it it all resonates pretty well i think yeah i was i was in on it i i i i i drank the kool-aid i was like oh this is Zhao has certainly done something despicable and if there's anybody to come at him it's it's zuko of just like this is a yeah, moment where he has his like um my name is Inigo montoya you killed my father prepare to die <laughs> i guess i'm just like yes yeah i think for me I was so captured by the big monster. I was kind of like, oh, let's cut back to the monster. Like, I mean, I'm liking this fight, but I just want to see that big guy going. I, (laughs) I, I I could like see both and just be like, ah, these are both awesome. Like, this is a great set piece, but also like scary if you think about it. And then this is like a personal conflict between these two and a, uh, a good closure for both of them. So I'm like, ah, this is also satisfying to watch. Um, so you get it on two scales, like there's two battles going on at once. Um, but when we get to, we cut back to, um, back in the little, uh, shrine area, we start off with some reverse animation. I don't know if you noticed that. Oh no, I didn't. When, uh, when Iroh puts the spirit back or the moon spirit back in the water, it literally is just a shot of before where he picks it up and brings it out and it's just in reverse. That's funny. I just had to I just had to point that out. I'm not gonna call out any animators. I'm just like time is <laughs> as time is of the essence. That that's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, and to point out a minor other flaw, 
I, I do feel like it's a little bit convenient that um, Uncle Iroh, like, just he just glances at her and is like, "Wait a minute, you've got a piece of the blues or the the moon spirit in you." And she glances over with her uh, colored eyes and she's like, "Oh yes." I was a little bit like, "Okay, well, um, how did Iroh uh, realize that so quickly again? Was it again? Am I missing something here? Was it the hair color that clued him in?" <laughs> Yeah, that, by the way, Iroh's with Sokka and uh, Taro, and they're not like, oh no, Fire Nation guy. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about that. I guess they're just so kind of grieving over the, the death of the, the spirit. Yeah. It hits them all, so they can kind of share in that moment, even if they're not uh, on the same side necessarily. Oh yeah, I just would love to hear what their thoughts are about them. Like, we don't really get that with any of the, like, Uncle Iroh's only with Zuko ever, but I want to hear what Mm. everybody else has to say about him. I know a certain individual will be interacting with him in the next book, but for these three, I would love to know what their thoughts are on him, because I think he's, again, another, like, Obi-Wan character, um, whom I wish just had more time with to spend with these guys. But anyway... Yeah, it would be funny if, like, somehow her hair was glowing. Like, yeah, could you imagine that where, like, somehow her hair was glowing? And maybe that's a little too contrived, but, like, her hair starts to glow when near the spirit. And Uncle Iroh cues him. It's like, okay, this is spiritual. Um, sensitive. I'm, I'm, I'm sensitive to this kind of stuff as well, so are aware of this kind of stuff. So there's a connection here. But yeah, I, I see your point of like, oh, your hair is white. There's no other people on yeah. earth that have white hair. I mean, maybe it was an educated guess. Maybe it's a maybe it's a thing that he realized. That's it, like if pe- people don't have white hair because of uh, na- they don't have it naturally, even if you're like platinum blonde, it has to be from the spirit. Spirit, excuse me. Yeah, and the white hair bit was more of a joke for me. I mean, they do reference that he has some connection to spirit, so maybe he just is so connected that he can feel the aura off her, but they certainly don't make that clear. So it just feels a little, a little convenient. No, that's, that's, that's fair. Um, and so then UA gives, uh, does the ultimate thing uh, for her people, uh, and gives transfers her life essence over to the spirit. I kind of wish actually it was done in the water personally, but that's just me just because, when she was a baby that it happened that way. And so I kind of wish it was in the water, but that's just me. Hmm. That's fair. Yeah. She should have like sat in it or walked in and yeah. Yeah. Almost something like that. It's like, it's a, it's a ritual itself. That would have been really cool. Um, and then we cut back. And Oh, to the, the beastie. We cut back to Kozilla. <laughs> uh, you go ahead. I'm not at that part. So I don't know what to, <laughs> Oh, sorry. Were you going to say something? My bad. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, since we were, uh, you know, talking so much about Star Wars, like that when she dies, she just disappears like a Jedi. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. No, in original trilogy, excuse me, not in uh, not in any yes. other continuity, because <laughs> how come Qui-Gon, J- I don't know if I made this like joke in, in our recent episode one talk, but how come he didn't disappear? <laughs> oh, yeah. We never got into that crap. I never got into that. Yeah, that's right. Oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> never got into that. Like, what, what what's going on here with that? Yeah, and then she, as she's ghosting away, she like goes into Sokka and gives him a, like a little kiss, and and they give a nice little goodbye. I, I thought that was okay. I liked that. I liked Yue just overall. So 
Yeah, what her character ultimately was, I think could have been more, but I think she was handled with enough care uh, in this case. I, was she utilitarian? Eh, maybe maybe to an extent, but yeah, as as she turned, transforms into the moon, basically, and we see her her final form, or whatever you want to call it, her, her moon garb, um, Princess of the Moon, her hair, oh, it's gorgeous, it's magnifique. You got to tell me your hairstylist, uh, name of your hairstylist yeah. there, girl. It's it's Absolutely. wonderful. Yeah, and we do get a bit that I don't fully grasp. Um, so I guess the the ocean spirit chased everyone out and clean, cleansed the, the city of the firebenders. Yep. And so then it frees Aang and then goes off to do its murderous act towards Zhao. Did it free Aang because Aang wouldn't... Like, it didn't want Aang to be complicit, or did the writers feel like Aang shouldn't be a part of, kind of, his murder, or... Ooh, that's a good point. I wasn't entirely sure why that that happened when it did. Well, uh, I see. Okay, so th- this is just involving the, the fact that the o- the uh, the ocean spirit is now wanting revenge against Zhao, and he gets rid of Aang. It would seem as though the, the, the act was fulfilled of getting rid of the problem so the fire navy is gone or is in is dismantled uh and so ang you see ang collapse in uh, inside the inside the co zilla beast and then i guess yeah the ocean spirit realizes uh yeah it's it's time he did he's no longer needed he has served his purpose i have other unfinished business to attend to that he is not needed for so Hmm. he may be freed Uh, that's an interesting angle actually like where um the spirit read ang and realized he doesn't want to kill so he was like i will spare him what i'm about to do to Zhao. so i'll keep him out of this this is my this is my personal vendetta instead of him uh he has no qualms in this uh, it's not his. It's not his fight. It's not his battle. He doesn't have to worry about what I'm about to do. Yeah, and what do you feel about uh, Zuko in the end trying to save him? And uh, what do you think about that bit? Okay, so first, I love the fact that as they're fighting um, on a on a bridge without railings, sort of. I mean, okay, it sort of has railings, but it's not. Well, you can go on top of them anyway. Um, Zhao looks up and realizes I failed. So you're a loser, sir. And then (laughs) um, divine justice comes in and grabs him um, like the weak man he is. And then Zuko shows pity and or shows mercy and decides I'm going to save him. Maybe because his uncle taught him this whole season to be a better man. And those words came back to him. And so he's like, I I hate you so much, but I don't want this to happen to you. Like what only I can do this to you. Not, not whatever this is. Um, that'd be funny if it was just like, no, I, I need to finish you off myself. Like, I don't know. I don't know how that fight was going to end. Honestly, like, I don't know if Zuko was going to kill Zhao or not. That's if that's what you're asking me. But I do know that 
giving uh, Zuko giving the opportunity to free Zhao to save him, at least take his hand, because he didn't know if it was going to save him or not. Um, maybe it's out of character, but maybe it's another step of Zuko not being himself, changing as a character, being dynamic, um, as he, a, a different person at the very end of the story than he was in the beginning. And then Zhao goes and just buries the hatchet and kicks the dog even further and is like, I'm about to face the ultimate punishment in life for desecrating the spirits. And I have an opportunity to maybe be saved and I'm not going to take it because of this man, this man who is this boy who is probably in every way better than I am. Uh, and has has had everything have given to him basically my pride i refuse to lose i will not take that hand and thus the ocean spirit drags him away to the spirit world and we don't ever see him again oh but uh after a very long journey we're finally uh, we get a little kind of um epilogue yeah a little epilogue here where yeah uh Master Paku is who's not been much of a character. We've seen him taking parts in the battles uh, a little bit here or there. He decides that it's time to go and rekindle the connection between them and their sister tribe in the Southern Water Tribe, and a couple other people are going to go with them. And we get a brief little moment with Sokka and Chief uh, Arnook. Yeah, do you have anything about to say about these scenes? Or <laughs> um, I, I kind of like his speech that he gave. Maybe what one could say is maybe it's a little heavy-handed. I don't know. Or maybe doesn't fit right i don't know of just him saying i once had a vision that this would occur i pray it wouldn't have happened mm. um maybe foreshadowing if it was in episode uh, the fourth ver- fourth episode of this I, I don't know i'm just throwing it out there but <laughs> yeah something like that could have occurred and you know he's 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 dignified he feels fulfilled he's dignified he may have lost a daughter but he understands why uh she did what she had to do um, she made the ultimate sacrifice and saved everybody. So he sh- he is certainly proud um, to have her. And um, yeah, I like the fact that Paku entrusts Katara as Aang's master for waterbending. Mm-hmm. I like that too. Whether she's a master waterbender herself is for debate, but I will, I'm not going to get into that. Yeah, that I did wonder about that. I was like, "Is do you really think you trained her enough that she can go off and train the Avatar?" I mean, it seems like a pretty big deal. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's it's and that's a, that's the thing right there. Of if you're a fighter, um, you can be trained to fight and taught how to fight, but it's also um, being able to teach somebody, taking taking everything you've known, however long you've like been training. And then teaching somebody else how to fight and explaining it to them and understanding how they um, they work and operate and move. That's that's something that the show doesn't really get into. Sort well, sort of, but I don't know. Just in this in this instance, we yeah, I don't know if Katara knows enough, but I don't know. It's a different system altogether. So maybe maybe she's known she she's. And the progression to the point where it's like, no, you're assured going to be a, a master waterbender here. Even at the age of 14, it's like, you have your whole life to go, go on lady. It's like, what the heck? Yeah. And we do, we get that nice little scene with, uh, with Iroh and Zuko where 
yeah, I think right there you kind of get the sense that maybe Zuko, his whole kind of impassioned hunt for the Avatar during this first season or first book, like maybe he's going to enter the book with a little bit of a di- next book with a little bit of a different vibe because, yeah, I feel like he's had a little bit of a change of heart in this at the end of this episode. Have, yes, have the characters in by the end of this book changed for the better? Mm-hmm. That's a question maybe we'll save for the epilogue, but, or for the, the summary, but, or overview, excuse me, but I think, uh, to long story short, yes. I think each character has, at least each of the main characters, I don't know about Iroh, but um, at least the four leads, I think all have changed since episode one. Mm-hmm. And then we, you know, end with Aang and Katara hugging each other. Uh, and the four of them kind of looking victoriously on the horizon saying what's next not what's next but like just you know what what what, what will happen next and our future awaits and then we go to a different location we go to the fire throne the fire room excuse me with the fire lord himself and he instructs this mysterious lady whom we have seen before saying to her that her brother has failed and her uncle is a traitor. Go, I forget, did he say grab them for me or or fetch me the avatar? I forget. No, he has an assignment for her. Yeah, I'm already finished the episode, uh, so <laughs> I haven't finished it for a while, so. Uh, that's, that, that, that's fair. But um, the point is, yeah, um, the girl is Zuko's sister, unnamed uh, right now. And that was the same girl who was present in episode 12 of the storm. When we see her in the background with Zhao, the Mm. the general that uh, Zuko uh, disrespected and then uh, uncle Iroh, she was there having a look on her face of like, this kid's going to get it. Like this kid's going to, I can't wait to see this kid get it. Um, His sister is the next in line to, take on a mission and was that the first time us hearing mark hamill no he was in he was in episode 12 he was he was in episode oh, 12 okay. so they even say it right there yeah i guess that's the end of book one uh, uh chapter one what do you think of this one this two-parter here yeah this two-parter itself not nothing nothing else i uh what can i tell you it was uh it was a lot of fun a lot of fun there's rough edges again where it's like some of the stuff didn't need to be there. Other stuff could have been um, pushed to the forefront uh, than others. But I think overall, this was these were this was a great episode. If you count like it as two parts. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Yeah, well, I definitely pointed out my little complaints and, you know, writing issues throughout along the way. But overall, I do think it's fantastic. It looks visual, visually great, both parts. Um, I think that I love UA's little journey that she has to go through. And yeah, just overall, I, I think it it really is a very satisfying end to, to the series. And if I'd been watching at the time, I absolutely would have been hyped to see what happens next. So Yeah, it does everything a season finale should do. It delivers and it makes you wanting more. Or leaves you wanting more, excuse me. Uh, and, and, and pushes the characters further a bit and the world a bit as well. We learn more about the world, um, the characters as well. 
kind of are probably in a different place by the end of the episode, not just the the season, but the episode itself. Uh, yeah, it's everything an episode or a season finale should be, and I think it's very sad. A good, uh, an ap- ap- excellent way of closing book one, Water. Absolutely. And I uh, hope you all enjoyed and made it to the end of this very long, uh, long episode, uh, longest one we've done by far for this this feed. But, uh, but still, I, I I'm very very glad to have finished this first series and or first book, and I'm pumped to get to so much fun stuff in the next season. Love season two. I'm very excited to get to that stuff. We so. have much much more to come, ladies and gentlemen. Those in between. Thank you so much for listening. Take us away. Yeah, but before we even get to season two, just a little bit of programming notes here. Mm, okay. Inside baseball. Before that, we have to uh, take a brief, yeah, a little brief uh, side trail to the infamous M. Night Shyamalan movie. Yes, The Last Airbender, which is only covering this first season, which is why we chose to uh, cover that right after this. And before we do that movie, we're actually going to release an old commentary that we recorded many years ago. So you get those back to back, probably probably a week apart, I think. Oh, my. <laughs> I didn't know about that, but uh, yeah. Um, it's I don't know if we have the same views um, personally with that film when we come back to it. We don't know. Uh, I don't know what we'll be saying in those videos, but understand that was made at a time when, well, we didn't have any ideas of doing this. And it's just, I guess it's funny going to go back. It'll be funny listening to that again because, mm-hmm. yeah, I can't I can't wait to, to hear myself. And, oh, you guys are going to do that movie? Like, why? Or why, why, why? I mean, you kind of explained, like, because it, it's, it's based off of this book, for pit's sake. So, I mean, we're covering almost everything Avatar here. So, it's going to include that. And fair warning, I mean, if anyone's complaining that we're covering that, I mean, we're going to cover the Netflix series when it comes out. So, yeah, so we'll be covering Avatar stuff. So if you're not a fan of that Netflix series already, it's like, well, buckle in because we're, we're we're an Avatar channel. Yeah, but uh, yeah, here we yeah. Uh, hopefully you all tune in for the next uh, the two movies and the next season. And thanks a lot for for listening. If you stayed along with us this far and really enjoyed going through all these. Yeah, thank you. As always, for putting us in your ears, um, probably want to clean these things out at some point, <laughs> both uh, both your headphones and your uh, your ears. Uh, it's it's good body maintenance, and yeah, thank you, and uh, never stop watching the show, guys. Not not the very end of this, but still, never stop watching, and uh, thank you. Till next time.
But have no fear, friends, because deep within the Fire Kingdom, the Fire Lord has another to continue the chase for the Avatar. And that is the end of Book One Water. Fire Nation. Uh, oh, I said Fire Kingdom. Well, I like that. I like Fire Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> like fire, I'd say Fire Empire. Uh, fire Empire. <laughs> Maybe I can cut that in.